Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. <laughs> Why do I say that? Why do we intro with that? I don't know. No, I know exactly. It's because I am going no frills on this intro because the show was good. Fez, actually, at the end, though, he chipped a tooth <laughs> because he was tired and his head just went down. It was, but, Didn't run into the window, though. Yeah, yeah, that was important. But I got such good offers, I don't need to talk about cheerleaders making my bones or bones and cheerleaders. None of that. Okay. First, you get a free best bet. That's it. What does it cost? Nothing. If you are already signed up, you just got to use the coupon code VIP25. VIP25. You go to pregame.com, go to buy picks. You pick whatever you want, $25 value, and you get it for free because you go to the, cube, the cart and it says, oh, it's just 25 bucks, kind sir. And, you know, thousands of people say, give me, give me, buy, buy. You say, ha, nice, but I got VIP25. Okay. Number two, if you don't have a membership, which is free, which takes like less than 60 seconds to sign up. It's one of those basic, you know, what's your email, et cetera. You get a free best bet signing up for that. So if you don't have one, you got two coming. One for signing up, that's 60 seconds, $25 value, and then the VIP 25. So for like two minutes, you get $50 of value. Can you do the math on that, AJ, without Fez here? Two minutes, $50. That's $25 a minute. Okay, so how much an hour? Oh, that's gonna take you. Yeah, Get the calculator out. Oh, okay, you got it right there. Yep. Uh, so he's trying to do it without a calculator. Oh, okay. Hold on. That's a disaster. Maybe use the yeah, yeah, yeah. Math whiz. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna tell you that in a second. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Fifteen hundred dollars an hour you get for spending three minutes on this, and if you already have an account, you don't have to spend any time. Just pick your pick. Put VIP 25 or sign up, get one, then get the second. Now, you think, boy, that's a can't beat that. Well, maybe I can't, but I can do something almost as good or maybe as good. We've got up, ready to go, the free college football bowl bash bonanza contest. I need production on that to sound like a you know, voiceover. You want to, why don't you do it, AJ? The bowl bash Bull Bash Bonanza Contest? He, he always needs a script. You ever notice that? <laughs> Most of the voiceover guys do. It's the College Football Bull Bash Bonanza Contest. Yeah. we Can you call that one guy that was Bull yeah, yeah, yeah. Bash. <laughs> now, what does that mean? It's free, but you have to have an account. So that's another value of that. And you just make your picks. 20 pick minimum. You can go sides. You can go total. 50 pick max. All the details are there. But here's the detail you need to know. 500 in cash goes to the winner, plus 500 bulk dollars to buy whatever you want at the site. All right? Second place, 300. Are we really giving that much cash away? That's a wild number. No, I'm being serious. That's a lot. Because I'm giving this out of my pocket, effectively. Third place gets cash. Oh, no. they. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Let's just say this. I'm putting a formal protest, but I don't think the decision will be made before you can take advantage of this. Hmm. This is a lot. Should should I try to cancel it? Like like try to take the servers down? I say just let it ride. Let's just say this. There's it looks like multiple thousands of dollars of value. Um, not all cash, but still three hundred cash second five hundred. Lot of value. Go to pregame.com. It's the what is it called? 
The bowl. The bowl bash bonanza. Yes. Yeah, I'd still call that other guy. But <laughs> but it's yours. It's there. You go to contest in the tab, pregame.com, onto the show. And Fez is there. Don't worry. And he's not even grumpy. Onto the show. Week 14, we got a full house. How's everyone doing streak-wise? Let's see. AJ, how you doing? Three and two this week. I, uh... Mm. Not 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 my best week. I lost oh, my no, five stars. Stop, stop, stop. You don't want a lightning bolt coming down from the gambling gods. If you go three and two, you've done you've done like three weeks worth of of if you break even the rest of the, like think about it, Fez. If you go five and five, five and five and three and two, you're sitting at what, fifty-three and a what do you hit? Fifty three and a third there? Am, am I thinking that right? That's thirteen and two. Oh, five and five. You know, f- oh, eight uh, and seven. Yeah, you're fifty. You're you're, you're doing. Well, that's easy. Uh, you're going sixty percent divided by three. Fifty three point three three percent. Yeah. So that's winning. It is, so but winning's it, that easy. My do. winning percentage went down by going sixty percent this week. But you do understand that that's <laughs> the aberration that you've been on a hot hot streak. What do you think from here? Let me ask you this: Would you bet over under fifty five point five? That sounds like nothing. That the 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 next, let's just even say the rest of this season. Now that's interesting, Fez. Fifty five point five is the over under. What is the lay price over and under for AJ from now through the Super Bowl with the with the required picks, which are going to be five a week here, and then we have uh, let's say during the playoffs in total we have three required picks. Just so it'd be like uh, the remaining weeks plus three picks. Thirty eight point four percent. Is the over? Yes. Okay. So what would what, you think, AJ? I, I'm confident in myself. So what now, do you think? I'll, I'll just say this. Fez also said he was going to beat me for the remainder of the season mm-hmm. in this room, mm-hmm. starting back in week 10. Yeah. I won't go over the numbers. Mm-hmm. Fez is not – like, if Fez wins every game for the rest of the year, he's not going to beat me. Well, so you know Wednesday bad. Wednesday bad, yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I believe I'm, 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 I'm 40, 44 and 18 and 3 in the circumstances. Yeah, I, we're not talking. We're talking I, about I Wednesday. I was told that wouldn't be deleted from the podcast. <laughs> what is, is that an invitation or something? That's his Rain Man. No, it's it's, it's Melton in, in oh, office. In office. office space. I got to be okay. honest. I was having trouble telling if it was him or an invitation. So that I thought he was just getting nervous. Yeah, yeah, that's not, so you don't, you don't want to do invitations that could be you. <laughs> but it, but it makes it. I so was much, hoping you didn't get some tick that like you were never going to lose. But it makes it so much easier to make a good imitation <laughs> when, when you're imitating close. someone similar to you. Yeah, like yeah. my cousin Vinny, where the gal won the Oscar. Marissa, Marissa yeah, yeah. Because she played herself brilliantly. How do you know who she is? She's from Brooklyn. Used to date but what her. I'm saying, yeah. But how do you know what Marissa Tomei is like in real life? Because I saw her, her um, acceptance speech uh-huh. when she won the Oscar, and she sounded just like she sounded in the movie. <laughs> so it was her tone of voice. Oh, yeah. come on. What, wasn't the joke, or not the joke, but the rumor that, that they misread who won it and they didn't want to double back? That, that's Marissa actually, Tomei winning? No, yeah. I, not, I, I think I, if you look I, on the I internet, I, I, and I find it abhorrent that that was a, a rumor, or, or that people would believe that, but then... It, it, it happened with up, Best Picture. Yeah. Well, they caught it within a minute, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, once the other people got on stage, they were like, oh. So, AJ, so what you just said is someone said that rolling a seven is less than 50%. You just rolled one pass, and you got a seven, so you think his point's invalidated. 
No, I think I, I'll. You know you what? Think he's underestimating you. Well, I don't know what that thirty-eight uh, percent lay price would turn to, but I'll take Fez's action if he thinks I'll go under fifty-five. Well, no, 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 no. Here's what we'll say: You seem very confident. You seem confident. Why don't we put a hundred dollars and we'll pick a charity? We don't do this often. But I don't want this to be contentious. A hundred—that's tipping money for you, Fez. Sure. AJ, you just would have to not get coffee at Starbucks for that week okay. or whatever. And then you—I'll each... have to tell my Batista. It's only a hundred. <laughs> we won't make a big production about charity, charity. And then whoever wins, get, their charity gets it. Sounds good. And you get and it's plus one fifty-six. So your charity gets one hundred fifty-six. Well, no, 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 no. I don't think you should be forced. You just played what you think is a break-even. You gave me a break-even number. Why would you have to book? You know, because you I'm didn't put win. any vig in it. Because I, because it's not fair that we both give a hundred dollars when when I've just given. No, I'm saying that he that you're the one letting him decide what side he wants. I think paying a little like the vig should go up to one. I think one. I think. Let's be clear here. Even money hurts him, you think? Hurts AJ. Oh, of course. Okay. He thinks even money's fine. It's only 100 bucks. I think we keep it simple. It's fine. Because like, it's better for your brand to say, you know what? You're saying I should be getting plus one, whatever, 135. I don't need it. Give me even money. I'll take it. Screw the kids. They don't need that money. That charity doesn't need that extra 40 bucks. Oh, wait. So you just took away from the charity by taking it. Are you going to augment it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> that Marissa Tomei rumor is false. Oh. Video had conf- has confirmed that Jack Palance did read the correct name on the card. So they had video that could zoom into the card? Apparently. But they didn't for 20 years that this rumor was out. Mm-hmm. But you didn't it's even know about it. Vicious rumor. Yeah, you didn't even know about that, <laughs> No, because I thought that was just an incredible performance that was Oscar-worthy. Yeah, but McFezzik was, pro- was, was propagating that rumor. He's a merchant of such things. All right, so we, we're going to make some. I don't think we've ever given a charity, have we? This is awesome. I Someone was going in. Uh, Do either of you want to back a side on this? Well, yeah, obviously this, uh, the only side to back is Fezzix. Okay, so do you want to put in 100 on that? If you, like if, uh... Well, I don't give to charity. Oh. I just organize things. No. Oh, okay. Um, let's think about this. How about this? We'll have a team dinner after the Super Bowl. Okay. And if I, if you lose, you pay for it. If not, I pay for it. Well, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, that, that's that's a terrible bet. Well, you make the second most money most money here, right? <laughs> I, there's no way I make more money than Fez. No, no. I mean, he's got rev share. Rev, no, there's no way he's making right here. But you know, like, we're, we're not going to twist you can't the numbers. Just into measure this. things on one you got year. Got a mansion and a yacht. Okay, then that's what we do. That's beautiful, actually. Here's what we will do. I'll pay for half, and then the loser of your of this bet either way pays for half because you guys are the two big money makers. That seems like a fair deal. Yeah. So actually, what I just did was went from a 50% chance of paying all of it and a 50% chance of paying half to now only paying half. You guys, yeah. you, you guys were, <laughs> you, you were, you weren't here for like the epic for the epic Benihana feast, right? <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's true, Fez. If you lose, you can take us wherever you want with ever points as long as it's at least hundred dollars a person. Wasn't that where Mackie got like the the, the steak and lobster? And I just think kept he brought it just home. Kept ordering. No, but remember, Sorry, you, your point. Now your points were expiring. They it, were. Yes. Oh, it was. But that reminds me of The Sopranos, right? He goes, when he was a low man, he goes, I used to get killed by Richard or uh, oh, the other real uh, Benny Hannes. Yeah. <laughs> then then they, they kill the waiter, beat up the waiter, take the money back. Yeah. So um, who, who do you like here? Uh, I, I do like Fez here, yeah. but 
In, Boy, there's not much faith in, in you. But in, right. the, in the spirit of competition, I'll, I'll back AJ for fun. All right. For fun. For fun. <laughs> All right. So here's the th- reason, AJ. I would say that. To, here's what I'll give you an example. When Fez was exactly five years after winning the Super Contest, not five years after, but when year one and two was his winners, because he won back to back, then there was year three, four, and five. So it would have been the fourth year after. I was playing in a poker game every week at the Suncoast, and it was a 2-5-10 straddle. It was a big game. You know, all Mostly pros. There was a couple local guys that weren't pros that would lose some. And I was going out there. Alan Boston was in that game, and I actually had my biggest win. I mean, I'm, not, I'm a fine poker player. I'm not great. But I, I won like 7,000 in one uh, session, which was my biggest win. Hollis was like, and yeah, you know, Hollis inviting me, which, makes, <laughs> which trying to get speaks, the game. speaks about my, my deep stack poker game. But there were some, you know, there were some good players there. But to me, I could stay away from them and get with the guys that were putting, you know. But anyway, at the time, I floated the following offer. Anyone can bet us 100,000. And this was wide. Um, I mean, Colbert was uh, spreading around, you know, at the time, 100,000. Fez's five-year record, now we did have his two super wins in there. It was right around, I think, 56.8%. And we said, we'll bet anyone, even money, they won't beat that this year. 100,000. And, and we would have taken, I think we limited it, it had to be at least 10,000. Because we didn't want people trying to get publicity without right. putting But we money. had no minimum. If you, yeah. if you wanted, No, I think 10,000 was yeah, the minimum. Oh, was the minimum? Okay. Yeah, but because no, I didn't, yeah. you, you, you didn't want, want some rinky-dink show. Well, some rinky-dink show could say, oh, we yeah. bet them. And then they have some chance of yeah. winning. Um, so, you know, if you want to do it, put up 10,000. Right. And no one took us up. So everyone understands that 50, you know, in that case, it's a little higher. But... You know, 57 is hard to beat. And Fez, most of your five-year periods wouldn't beat that, right? So it's just one of those things. So why, you know, now it's a, you have a better chance because it's a smaller, that's the irony. You said, well, I've done it for a year and two-thirds. It's much harder to do it for a year and two-thirds than it is to do it for a third of a year. Yeah. But it's still hard. It's yep. really, really hard to hit 55%. And I made it 55 and a half, yeah. remember. All right, so this is a fun bet. Yeah. So, Fez, you went two and three in your Circa, but those are good Saturdays. So, what was the, what were you last week? So, two and three in Circa for you, Fez. You might think, oh, disaster, but you're still in second place. What happened? It was a very difficult week for the pros, especially those taking the best of the point spreads, and pretty much the whole entire top 10, like eight of the 10, went two and three ish. I tell you, if we, if we didn't have a big show in front of us, we'd have a little more. Uh, head button on this idea that the only way you can play I mean here's what I would say is we're having a down year this year and, or in the gold um, but there was a four year period that was you know I guess ended last year that we had the number one record over four years in the gold and over that extended you know that's not a true contest it was like four contests in a row but if you add them up and I certainly cared about the value because with the market it's not so much that oh that one point it's going to fall that point all the time or even that much but it's the idea of the market going from one line to another and it took money to move it and and respected money and that's going to be a tiebreaker when you have five picks right but to but but to never or that's an interesting question. From here to the end, how often are you going to go with anything that's even minus one cent? Meaning, let's just say for the sake of argument, 
the, the line's five in the circa, and it's five minus 111 in the market. So it's one cent toward the favorite. Are you playing the dog in that case? It depends. Yeah, well, obviously it depends. Are you ever playing the dog? It depends. It's it, it, Because if, if I'm, like, in fifth place, absolutely. If I'm in eighth place, yes. Right, if for, I'm in for, first for, or second yeah. place, no. So forgetting the metagame of trying to be contrary if you're behind, you're not – and let's assume there is no metagame, that there was – that there was no competition, but rather whatever your score was would tell how much you won. Like you're in some bonus round. So it was a, mm. so no worries about people matching or going contrary. Mm-hmm. What, what would your answer be there? Are you ever laying an extra penny? Yes, but not three. Not th- so three. No, ch- if it's one thirteen, <laughs> it's over. That's right. Okay, but by the way, I didn't mean to be like say this, this, this. But Fez, when I say, would you ever? It depends is not a valid answer because, because, it, it's because that's always going to be the answer because there's always going to be a, yeah, well, a rarity more, or an oddity. That, but it's even more so if it's it, it depends. The answer is yes, mm-hmm. meaning sometimes I would play. That's that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and that's so all. it does. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Scott, you had a three and two last week, right? No, oh no, AJ did. AJ mm-hmm. did. Scott, you went two. So you were red hot at two and three. I had a winning week. I guess that's just par for the course. Oh wait. I'm not in first. All right, Scott, you're 48 or 40 and 28 on the year. Yeah, two back of AJ, so I'm, I'm creeping up on him. So, Fez, what's going on here? I mean, McKenzie not doing great makes sense to me because he's an NBA expert. But you and me? It shows— Wednesday I mean, bad? It, sho- it shows how the—you know, when you're playing against one set of static lines mm-hmm. on any given day, a lot of it it's depends— tough. Which book and just how the numbers line up, it's tough and it can be in your favor or it can be against you. So let's give an example. Your favorite pick, your five star last week. San Francisco. San Francisco. Loved him. It was it was a cakewalk. Yeah. Gave, revenge game of the year. Gave it out to my clients minus one and a half Sunday night. And that was a rare when you started sending it on our our chats Bang, and stuff. Boom, boom, boom. So the line's like two point seven five, two point eight, two point eight five, and Westgate. Puts it up at two and a half. Absolutely. Gets on all they my come, contest They lines. come up Wednesday yeah. n- uh, afternoon, so it made sense. Circa puts it up at three. And, uh, and they put it up on Thursday morning, I think. Right. So I'm like, you know what? If this line's painted three, eh, I'm probably going to take it. But it isn't painted three. It's like 2.9. And that, uh, you can't even your best bet doesn't count for three cents? Or what, what, what was well, the— my, my rationale— How many cents was my, it? It was like—it was minus three even money was widely available. I okay, so there's ten. You were, you were ten cents off, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, and, and I, I, we spoke about this on Monday. I've already bet twenty thousand of my own money. You know, minus one ten, minus one, minus one and a half, minus one twenty on and, the Niners. And it's, these, it's not hedges. This is just your betting, right? My cash bet. And now, do I want to like if I if I believe the contest pick at that point was worth like thirty thousand? I'm essentially betting another thirty thousand. So be clear. And if you listen to the Monday taping and the Tuesday overnight Monday release, is with Fez now in second place with how many weeks to go? Five weeks to go now. Only Six f- weeks back then. No, uh, yeah, five. five weeks to go that every win or loss, it, this is theoretical now, is going to move them up and down the board. And since the winner makes a million dollars and the second place makes half a million? Yes. You can see where one game could be worth a half a million. But 
you estimate about difference between like tenth and eleventh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So thus, you have an implicit bet. Go right, ahead. Right. So it. What, what do you do when you like? It's unusual that I bet more than twenty thousand on a game. Okay. Now, do you have that bet before Thursday? Yes. Okay. Because otherwise, would you have thought to say I'm not betting anything personal on it, but I'll go with it here? Yes. Yes. And maybe I should have done that in hindsight, but my thought wow. was all right. Well, normally my max bet's like right around twenty thousand. I've got twenty thousand. So if I pick San Fran the contest now, I've got fifty. 50,000 bet on San Fran. You're like, no problem. Just play back. Well, wait a minute. How am I going to like engineer a profitable way to play back when I'm laying three and the best I'm going to get back is plus three? I'm but, just but, gonna what, be... but isn't what you had to buy back was you would have to buy back from the initial prices you played it at. So you probably could have broke it. You probably could have hedged out a break even, but I, right? Yeah, but I would be like wrecking my portfolio. I know. I would well, essentially, yeah, yeah. I'd essentially be, be laying three and taking three simultaneously. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And again, listen. This is why, to be candid, your decisions, and there's hundreds, if not thousands of them in a, in a calendar year that you make with money, your personal stuff, with money management, with metagame, with what's the implicit bet here, how do I do this with the teaser? That's one, I would say that's half of your success. And to me, that's what people don't get. They think it's picking winners, and picking winners is the starting point. But you know what? You could make the case... The picking winners isn't even the starting point, meaning that you could – I think that you could not handicap for 10 seconds. I think, Fez, you could not handicap one second, not talk to one handicapper, literally get dropped down, and it's a sport you don't even know, right? And I think you could grind out 70K a year if you had the bankroll by – just understanding the market is set. You'd have to figure out all right, what books are setting the market in this one. And then, okay, I now can play teasers over here for that. And it would take work, and it'd be a hard way to make an easy living. But do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. So it goes to show you, handy and great handicappers, no matter how bad they bet, unless they bet too much, then you can go broke. But even if they don't, they take some bad numbers, they still are going to do fine, right? But I think it's you got to be a, almost a borderline genius handicapper to overcome bad execution. And you can have no handicapping with excellent execution and, and, and make money. Would yeah, you agree with that? Yeah, and even to the extent that inevitably you're going to see scalps where you're going to see like a plus 105 and a minus 102 are going to pop up. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, hey, I don't care if it's lower limits. It's, it, it's, it's free money lying on the ground. I'm going to pick it up. Yes. Now, how often do you see actual old school scalps where there's an uh, there's a riskless arbitrage? You know, because um, I actually saw one. I don't look at the I look at the screen maybe less than an hour a week. I mean, I will look at it when I'm thinking about a game. I saw a four cent one uh, just this afternoon. Is that uncommon on a side? It's it's uncommon on a side. It's very common in props in the prop very, market. It's very common in props, but the limits are so low that you're not gonna. You're doing it for a couple for like a chump change. Yeah, but but still, if you have you know if you had two accounts and you can make four cents on what what's the three hundred dollar limit kind of things. No, I think it's even less than that. Yeah, yeah, but like you, you know, make twelve bucks. Anytime, as an example, bad news, RJ. So your Ohio State Buckeyes, you know, probably AJ can speak to this. So money starts pouring in against them. All right, so a lot of guys are going to oh. opt out for the bowl game. Okay. All right, so um, they should be in the playoffs. So you can take <laughs> Missouri. No, they're not that good. Uh, but you can take Missouri uh, like plus a dollar fifteen. And it's clear, you know, that Missouri's going to come the favor, and then you could play back Ohio State plus money. 
Just yeah, but that's example. different than in our. Uh, I mean, right, to right, me, that's you. And that's where front running right the market. Exactly. So you, at, at any point in time, you could say, "I can play Missouri plus one fifteen, and I can play back the other guys, you know, minus one hundred seven, and make eight cents." But you're like, "Oh, but or I could just bang away on Missouri because it's going to keep moving." Yeah, or I maybe you can then book me when I play. No, because I actually like a high state in this spot if the number gets better. And here's why: quickly, you know how good these players are that you've never heard of. Unless you're a recruiting guy, that, that sure. so like all of a sudden it's like oh here because here comes the, thir- the a five he was the third best quarterback in the country he's now a sophomore I mean would you agree with that I AJ? do agree with that I mean I don't know if the quarterback's playing or not I mean well he's in the transfer he's, court. yeah he's definitely not playing bye bye yeah let, let me guess you oftentimes think... when the quarterback leaves then his 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 buddies start you know getting well the receiver feet too well, well, the receivers not at a high state are, the receivers are leaving because they're going to the NFL they're not yeah. going to the transfer portal yeah yeah I mean. High State is almost professional. I mean, Alabama, high, there's like seven, eight programs that's like professional, especially with the I, um, NIL. Yeah, money now. But um, I just think in general, these teams are so – I mean, Alabama reloads, right? They don't They don't yeah. um, rebuild. And I think – This is supposed to be a down year for Alabama. Well, it's supposed to be a down year for High State. <laughs> Did you right? see Michigan well, – Yeah, but I mean, the fact that both of them lost one game. Did you see Michigan team's reaction to their news that they're going to be playing against Alabama? That it seemed, yeah, I did. Oh, I, I heard about it. Yeah. It was just amazing because I've never seen this before. Like this is like a celebratory, you know, mm-hmm. meeting and everything. I've only seen one other team act so disappointed. One time Gonzaga, they like got like a, a six seed and they're like furious. They're just glaring at the board. So Michigan's like just they're like, eh. but that's a different yeah, situation. Golf clap. That's like, a different situation though. They, they were disrespected, Gonzaga, but Michigan just got screwed. Is and, and they no, knew it. I don't they think know they, they knew it. Well, How they get screwed? Let me. Let, let, can I say something? <laughs> I've been trying to answer. No, it's all your fault. I'm just saying. Here's what you're missing. Michigan was the number one seed, right? Yeah. So you're saying they what they did was like the punks they are. No, is they got scared. They're like, we don't want to play Alabama. Exactly. We play but but that isn't about getting disrespected. When you're the number one seed, you can't be disrespected. No, it's they about- weren't. Yeah, they weren't disrespected. Yeah, they were just they're they're smart and they know that. Or they don't have competitive fire. They know they're not that good. I mean, let me ask you this: Would that reaction that you just said be similar to? It's during COVID. We got a game against a high state. We think we're going to lose. We'll cancel the game. Does, yeah, does same not type feel, of thing. Does it not feel hand in hand? Yes, consistent. And would you say it's consistent with someone saying, hmm, I haven't been able to ever win anything really. Now, this is Harbaugh in his mind. But maybe if I start cheating, I'll have a chance. Does that seem consistent? Yes. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, sounds right to me. I he should come out with like that Iron Mike sharp, <laughs> le- like, you know, big leather thing on his arm and could be able to have a competitive edge. I think Michigan's in trouble. I agree. Like, I, I think Alabama, like Alabama is. I think Alabama's going to beat them. Well, yeah, and maybe handily. Well, I mean, the line's right on Pickham, right? It, it is now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when you say I think they're in trouble, when you say I think they might. Well, they, even they opened beat it. They opened as a two and a half point favorite, but yeah, uh, but then the better said yeah. that's wrong mm-hmm. because you know I th- I don't think we talk. I'm no uh, college handicapper, but I can smell a good handicap a mile away. Is Michigan out physicals you at the point of attack, and there's a handful of teams that can't do that to in the country, and Alabama's one of them. Does that sound Agreed. right? All right, we got that. Co- See, you really need that podcast, yeah. that bowl game podcast. <laughs> I might sit in on that podcast. Come on, G- get your ratings up. Okay, I mean, who knows? Maybe come in and four. I'll do like five force bets. Like, what I have like to that. go again. You, you think you would? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd get Vito on the phone. Fez would connect me with Vita. 
<laughs> AJ, uh, don't tell RJ about the players that opted out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have like, I'll, everybody's playing. I'll have like, <laughs> no, no, I'll have like the Mark Lawrence book going, okay, the depth chart from, yep. like the, from the June. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we've done it all, and now we start the show. Best bet, Fez. Best bet, Denver Broncos plus three at the Chargers. Someone has to explain this line to me. Wow. Because when, you know, when the season um, comes to a conclusion, I can easily see we're going to look back on this game. Denver will win this game. And we'll look back and we'll be like, how much was Denver laying in this game against this Charger team? Because Denver is the better team. Now, it's true. I don't have Denver right now as the better team. But I got these, these teams really comparable, half a point apart. Okay. And how much are we going to give the Chargers in SoFi for home field? Less than typical. Maybe three-quarters of a point. I mean, I'm not even close to three points. I just don't understand the line at all. Um, Well, let's think. What could it be? All right. Well, obviously, I faded Denver last week with the thought of they've been so lucky on turnovers. That's a good point. And, and so that in theory, now that they've lost the game because of turnovers, it doesn't invalidate that point. Yeah, so they had no team had a better turnover differential. And we did make the case that Denver is kind of built to not turn over on offense, but unsustainable to get all these turnovers from their defense like they did during their five-game winning streak. Sertan, their uh, you know, all-pro level corner, limited participant in practice Wednesday. That's the official report. Uh, can you look? You got anything else? In uh, he he left the game for like nine or ten plays, and then came back and finished the game against the Texans. Yeah, but sometimes things that the adrenaline helps, and then like, I mean that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, well, the fact I just made that combined with the fact that he was back at practice today, I, I limited. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And all the Chargers do is play really close games that and they lose. blow in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Chargers going to Charger. So I mean, the, 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 right now, the, the, just go to overtime right now. It's 2020. I don't know who's going to win. I'm getting three. I like my my spot here. Now I would say this: we were doing something different on this show. We start with the best bets. That's different. But number two, we're keeping our one weight open. And then after the best bets are done, we are going to, instead of going to the fours, we're going to each get a chance to ask the other parts of the team, other people on the team, hey, I'm thinking on this game, what do you guys think? So we'll kind of have some handicaps of that game out of order, and it will then inform those picks. And I I do think Denver is uh, overrated by all those defensive um, uh, takeaways that mm-hmm, they got. Mm-hmm. But I think they're underrated because their stats were so bad the first month defensively, mm-hmm. including that 70-burger Miami put up on them. Imagine how what that does to your defensive stats so to give up 70 since, points in a game. Yeah, right. Since week six, the Broncos are seventh in the NFL in EPA per play on defense. Now, Except they're 29th when you take out turnovers. We, uh, that was kind of the discussion last week. Was like, how real are those numbers? No, is 29th the updated number? Uh, 29th. No, going into last week was the updated. Oh, okay, number. yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not saying it changed that much, but I'm just, I just want to be specific. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: Mackenzie and I have developed, I think, a really good system in which, and it can be optimized. In which we say, all right, we look at turnover-worthy plays, we look at the number of actual turnovers, and we say, okay, this went better than expected, this went worse than expected. And if I recall, Mackenzie, we talked about this last week, Denver, though they did get lucky, they did a lot of things to force many of those turnovers, so it wasn't as luck-laden as it seemed. Yeah, about two-thirds of their turnover-positive EPA was earned. earned. Yeah, yeah. So... I think that's part of it. I also think we know the offense has been conservative in spots. So I think it's important for Denver to get a lead. 
would I think about if I like Denver here, I think about them winning the first half and winning the game. You know how they have those? You can do a double result. Yeah. My only hesitation on that is that the Chargers have scored first in 16 of their last 19 games, 10 and two this season, five and one at home. Yeah. Herbert seems to be fast start when they like a robot. Die at halftime. Yeah. Die in the fourth quarter. Like like you could definitely talk me into a Denver plus a half fourth quarter. Okay. That's interesting. Um, So, Fez. In-game, how would we do that? Because I'm not an in-game expert. The theory is we would stay out of the action pre-game. Then we wait for the first drive or two, I guess, based on the numbers, and then go in on Denver at that point, in theory. Yeah, and so ideally, it's a really good bet if Denver's losing. All right, and then it, they rarely adjust. No, I don't think so, though. I'm, oh, you're talking fourth, fourth quarter, quarter fourth but I'm quarter. talking about finding no, an I, entry point I, I in like, game. I think I, what you're saying is, let's say – uh, Chargers get the coin toss. They receive. They go down the field and score a touchdown. Line live line goes from three and a half to whatever, however many points you want to give them. Then what go. would that typically go to? Uh, three and a half. If it, if it was if it, if it was pick a, I'm sorry. It, 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 a touchdown's worth three and a half points to the line. So if it, or like kick off, score a touchdown, move the line three and a half. So mm-hmm. then to buy in on Broncos plus six and a half after yes. that opening yes. drive. Sorry, and, I misspoke. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that. De- but this is what we do. We do probabilistic thinking, and the theory is we think Chargers have a better chance of scoring early mm-hmm. than later. Let them do that, and then we step in. And you know what? If Denver scores. We probably still we probably still step in because we wish we bet pregame, but we think them with the leads better than them without the I, lead. Anyway. I, I got to tell you, my live wagering, if I really like a side and nothing's changed that makes me change my opinion, I kind of have a rule of seven, meaning like like because you wind up making too many bets at comparable numbers and they all cover or don't cover. Mm-hmm. So if I bet plus three, I, I'll make my bet plus three. And then is this pregame now? Pregame. Okay. And then once the game starts, I'll be like, ooh, as soon as it gets to ten. Then I'll bet another unit. It's like because I've done this wrong before, where I've like, oh, I bet plus three, plus six, plus eight, and it's like, wait a minute, like one kick, one you know, one punt return touchdown. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. now I'm losing every so money, one of my bets. So there's bets. money management issues. Exactly. Obviously. Okay, but forgetting that for a second, I like this in the following way: if we're right and the Chargers score early, we get a better number and we get to avoid in a way that score. Right. If we're wrong and Denver scores early, it's a game state that we prefer. That's a great point. Yeah. So that's Denver being ahead. So why not get in there? Though we would rather have gotten in pregame. We can't tell the future. So 100%. Denver gets the kickoff and they go down and score a touchdown. Then we play Denver minus one twenty. Well, I think at that point we still let the Chargers at least have that first drive because that seems to be when they do well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So all right, that's interesting. I, maybe I'll make my first in-game bet ever. <laughs> that might be fun, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, these same-game parlays, it's been like me being a kid with, like, oh, look, I can do, I can bet the total, too, you know, when I was, like, 14. So I tell you what, the, the advantage of the same-game parlay mm-hmm. is you can t- tinker with it, play with it. you got, like, all the time in the world and stay up all night analyzing. Mm-hmm. And you did this, you know, live betting is extremely, it's it's a speed like game. Like blitz, yeah. Yeah. But, but if you have your scenarios laid out, I think it's more viable, right? Is let each team have a drive, and based on the situation, you know, that and kind then of try thing. to bet minus one twenty, and they go line has changed, and uh-huh. it's oh, it's minus one twenty eight. Okay, I'll take the minus one twenty five. Oh, that one went to minus one thirty. Son of a bitch, they kicked it off because I'm on a ninety second delay. But this is the business you've chosen, yes. apparently. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this game? Uh, two straight weeks, the Chargers' offense has just been dreadful. Uh, eight points per game the last two weeks against New England and Baltimore, and. 
it, people have figured out now how leadership. You you take away Keenan Allen and there's just nothing left. And they're also considering a running back split because Eckler has not been good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't feel bad often for professional athletes like NFL players, but Eckler, he he must have known he was getting old because he fought tooth and nail to get more, right? <laughs> I and mean, he's held out, he's tried to get trade. And I mean, is he even going to be in the I mean, will he be what, a veteran minimum next year? I think he'll be. He, what, what do you think he'll get? He's certainly not going to get top ten money, top top ten running back money like well, he was wanting. Once you're past ten, you're down in the four or five yeah. million. I mean, what I'm I'm not saying oh boo him, but let's be honest, he's been what you could make the case a top, top five, five back, yeah. and for him to come out of that where he might need a job at one point, for all the money that's being made, that does seem like a bad spot or unfair, yeah. a bad beat. But yeah. let's hope it goes otherwise. I hope Dal- that- Dalvin Cook, same thing, right? He's he's like a top five back in blink, and he's he's like all of a sudden he's not no longer relevant. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, did, he made like eight with the Jets this year, right? It was a pretty big sign. Remember, there was like a one year deal, but it was yeah, it was pretty pretty solid one year money. Yeah, and and didn't he? But have- he wasn't washed yet. He was he wasn't yeah. showing any appearance of being washed. Well, he did. That's why Minnesota yeah. let go of him. Well, not washed, but well, de- Minnesota declined. Minnesota knew, but. The numbers didn't show it. Yeah, but but I, if I'm not mistaken, what year is he in? I think he had a couple of years where I think he might have been a four year. He wasn't a first rounder, right? So he probably had four years, and then he probably signed a two year deal. You know, so I wonder, Mackenzie, why don't you look that up? Is what is his uh, uh, combined earn career earnings? I guess he was a, 2017 second rounder. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm guessing his career earnings. Let me think. Three. I'm just going to do a quick. I'm going to guess 28 million. I'm guessing. We'll see. That's actually probably a pretty good number. Thanks, AJ. Um, Fez, I I agree with you to finish this game that Denver is a team that has a lot of red flags on them, and I think in this marketplace, red flags they compound because there's so. This is something we've started talking about. But we got to talk about it more, which is ironic, based on what I'm going to say. Things get repeated now in this industry. And I don't even know about this industry because it's the whole sports industry that's about gambling now, at least somewhat, is, oh, I heard so-and-so. I mean, like the one that's going around now about um, there's all these – and they're usually great trends, and they're often on a podcast. or I'm sorry, on the telecast itself, you know, Sunday night game. The whole thing with Aaron Aaron Rodgers' first X number of games versus Love and had the exact same yards. That's a great – now that's – but it's the same thing with things like, well, you know, in bad weather games, uh, 31 total goes over, the, you know, and it, it, it gets repeated so much it feels like it really has an effect on the market. Wouldn't you agree with that? Sure. That's why you had me play under 35 on the Thursday well, night game. We got lucky on that one. But but my point would be that um, I think Denver's had – you know where this happens the most is the off season. Everyone understands now the the luck components, right? Turnover margin, close wins. So every, everyone's up arrow, down arrow is the same. And, you know, sometimes those narratives aren't right, right? So I think Denver with Sean Payton is better than people think, and it's not just because of the turnovers. And I'll be honest, Staley's outmatched as a coach. Oh, yeah. And I think Sean Payton's probably a good one to take advantage. Yeah. So uh, what do we got, McKenzie? Forty-one million. Oh my God, he's okay. He's okay. Don't feel bad for him. <laughs> but Eckler's an undrafted guy. He, he his earnings aren't going to nearly be. He's that. at like twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Yeah. Oh, you looked it up. 
Well, he's doing all right. I'm not feeling yeah. that bad for him. He probably doesn't need a job later. Okay. <laughs> That's probably more than... Boy, I bet we could come up with some big names he made more. You know, obviously inflation, but yeah, did, yeah. how much did Dan Fouts make? You know, that, that's the interesting question, right? All right, by the way, I think I misspoke. We'll, after all of us does all of our weighted, we can ask questions about our one. We shouldn't do it right after the mm -hmm. best bat. Right. Yeah. Okay, so next game? Uh, is a double five weight, and it's between you and I, RJ. The Cleveland Browns minus three hosting the Jags. Okay. Why don't, I'll let you go first. I like the home team in what's supposed to be some pretty ugly weather here. Uh, we often talk about, you know, when we talk about Miami and Tampa having to go north, for some reason we don't talk about Florida having to play or Jacksonville having to play in the weather. But it's supposed to be 45 degrees, rain, winds up to 20 miles an hour. And that's the key. 45 doesn't really matter. I mean, you could say if it's a warm weather Florida team, it matters some. But winds, when they get up to that 18, 20, especially if they gust, because a steady wind, even if it's kind of strong, you can account for. Think about golf, right? If most people is golf. But if it's going left, then it's going right, and it's going in your face, it's tough. And the winds are supposed to be gusting up to the high 20s. And so. the line flipped here, obviously, from Jacksonville minus three to Jack Jacksonville plus three. And people say, well, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is worth that much of a move. But it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence who got hurt last week. It, it, you know, Losing Walker Walker Little, their their left tackle, who was already replacing Cam Robinson, he's out. They lost Christian. Is, is Kirk. Robinson still out? He's yeah, he's done for the season. Yeah, okay. uh, Christian Kirk, their number one receiver, he's out. Uh, they have injuries on defense. Foley Fatukasi has a hurt foot. Tyson Campbell has a quad. Trey Her Trey Herndon still in concussion protocol. It's piling up for these Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Browns, meanwhile, getting healthier. Denzel Ward, the number one corner that's been out, back at practice. He's going to play this week. Joe Flacco looked like he was, you know, it didn't look like elite level Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco, but he looked serviceable. Well, listen, let's let's say this, and we'll go to Fez on this. Let's go Flacco last week versus the UCLA guy, D G DTR. GTB, DTR, yeah. GPB, yeah. Yeah, so I thought DTR was better than Flacco. Who's but DTR? The, oh, that okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I had Flacco like a minus four and a half, a walking corpse, and he looked. He, he surprised me. I upgraded him a point and a half. I said, this guy can play. He's so you got him a minus three versus an average NFL starter. Yes. Okay, and what do you have, GPT? Uh, minus four. Okay, so it's a one-point upgrade. Yes. Okay, all right. Now, we disagree on this one, but what we, how would you – and this is going to blow your mind – how would you grade Flacco against, well, I don't know, the $266 million man, Watson? Yeah, so Watson, I would have, you know, that's, I don't have an answer for Watson. I'm, I'm, I have to leave you have an answer my, for one of the, the biggest paid quarterbacks in the league? Uh, what did you have at your last number? I, my, my last number, I had him right at half a point below an average quarterback. Boy, that seems optimistic. But he did yeah. play, remember, his last game was his best game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's say minus a, minus one. Just I think that's probably better. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're saying really two point. about two points or what? So I mean, in a weird way, if Flacco keeps this up and he's not like a young now, he could be because he's so spry and rested. But let's be honest. So is Terry Bradshaw. They're not bringing him in. So I mean, it strikes me he's not going to get tired by the end of this year, right? Because there's only a handful of games yeah. left. He could get injured. But I'm not sure how much worse the Browns are if they didn't lose Watson. 
I mean, we're talking at two points a game, yeah. which matters. But in the course of a season, it's like, what, one game, right? Yeah, exactly one. Yeah. So I find it fascinating that if Flacco is what he seems, that, that was a revelation. It wasn't just – and I think that answers your question about the line move. you got to upgrade Cleveland because of how Flacco, even though they lost – and there's also the Lawrence issue, and there's the compounded injuries. Yeah, I, as I was watching that the uh, the Cleveland game last week, I was thinking it's unbelievable to me that the Jets and the Patriots have gone with the quarterbacks that they've gone with all year, knowing Joe Flacco was just sitting at home available. I agree. Well, especially the Jets. He's, he was with the Jets the for last like three year. years, yeah. right? And, three. Yeah, he was there. For and, at least two, right? Two years. Yeah. And there's a key Jacksonville injury you haven't brought up, AJ, which, of course, like here, this is a player who's going to play, but he's like the second most important person on the team behind Lawrence. And you know who that is? That's the backup quarterback who got injured. And many were saying, I don't even think he's going to be able to finish the game. So, so now all of a sudden they're playing with Beathard, but he's not going to be 100%. There was a real question whether oh. he's even going to finish you know, the game against the Bengals. So that's a red flag as well. That's why I have a two-weight on this game under 31 because I think Flacco, who was a gunslinger last week, I think it's going to be clear to the Browns, hey, hand over the running game. It's windy. It's, it's and that, But you know what? Joe Flacco's a really good win quarterback. Like he, Sure. I mean, I guess he's got, he, he could be a couple a years big, later. He's always, yeah, had, a big always arm. had a big arm. But if this is a game that's going to come down to running the football because of the weather and because of the both quarterbacks, then obviously you trust Cleveland more than you trust Jacksonville. Cleveland, the 11th-ranked EPA and success rate running the football, since Nick Chubb's injury, they still rank 14th. So if you take Chubb out of the equation, they're still 14th in rushing EPA on the season. And you're right, AJ, no one's run the ball well on the Browns' defense. And now i got a team – with their backup quarterback that has to rely on the run. That and a banged-up offensive line. Exactly, that doesn't run the ball well and has to go up against that Browns defense. No, no, no. The weather, everything points to Cleveland in this game. Now, the bad part of it, even though this is my best bet, is the line's three, so with a total that's in the low, low yep. 30s, every point matters more. Um, but I would say... The Browns have shown their defense a real home road it's crazy. split. You got some numbers on? Yeah, it? I've got it. The <laughs> the Browns allowing ten point one points per game at home. Yeah, thirty point six points per game on the road. Mackenzie, can you do me a favor? Can you look at this? Will be quick, actually. Can you look at the Browns' defenses? Uh, DP. Uh, it's going to be, I guess, DPA. Um, uh, home in a way. Sure. What's uh, DPA? Uh, so that's going to be the delta from. The expected points. Oh, okay, okay. So this will tell us because some people are saying, "Well, you know, it's about the schedule." Like Miami last week, I made that mistake. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it's two. Maybe it was both. You were thinking it's against bad team, or you were. Thinking I was thinking it was a road thing, but it was like you, part of it was probably the team. Yeah, but the, the theory is that by going against the spread, the expectation that's implicit with the side and the total, you can at least account for that. Yeah. But there is one other factor. Some teams just play better relative to the level of competition. And you see that in basketball. Well, we see that in basketball. I mean, if anything, you kind of think Miami is that. Can you know? I I'm going to give a little hint. I've got Philly later, right? My thinking is Dallas has looked great against bad teams, but oh, I got a whole list. For yeah. So so <laughs> so we were talking Fez, when uh, he had his first dialysis. Is uh, <laughs> remember we were joking last week? You went the back. He's like, I didn't do dialysis. What are you talking about? Um, if you look at the spread and the implicit 
in the total and say what the implicit points are they're supposed to score in the game. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, that can take away the level of competition if you're looking at how a defense does on the road or whatever. And I think you're right. But there are times that teams play better even beyond the difference in the level of competition at different with different levels of competition. Sure. Bullies. Bull, like but, but, and, and the two clear bullies, obviously, are Dallas in the NFC and Miami in the AFC. And it's even more so like in college, like Oregon is going to beat a bad team by more than Alabama or Georgia is going to beat them by. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so this looks good for us. The DPA, so the Delta on points allowed at home, they've given up eight and a half less points than expected. So that's strong. On the road, they've given up 10.4 more points than expected. Who is this? Cleveland. This is the Browns. Yeah. So, Which means that the home road splits are probably more real than... Well, it's more than just the level of competition. Yeah. And no team should be more proficient at playing in the wind mm-hmm. than the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. who have had three win games in the a year the past two, three years. And I was thinking, was this, was this a uh, five-way or was it a four-way? And this is what swung it for me. The Jags, though there's a chance, there's a chance they can lose the division. They are... Not in a, they're not in a must-win spot, right? And Lawrence was close to playing. Is I mean, meaning what I heard is if it was a playoffs, maybe he would have played. Right? I don't know. I, a high ankle sprain on a short week would I would be shocked had he played. Like yeah. I would have been. It would have blown my mind. Even in a playoff, like even situation. Mahomes level. But he had the exact same thing. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. And again, who knows, right? Because you're right. Typically, you're right. But what I'm saying is. The fact he's not trying probably doesn't tell. The fact that it, they seem comfortable without him playing, I, I don't even think it's a debate. The Jags, this is, if they lose this game, there's going to be no news report saying Jags season spiraling out of control. Jags sure. unlikely to make the playoffs. Agreed. The Browns, they lose this game. They're supposed to win this game. This is a almost a must-win game. I mean, what's their playoff odds if they don't win this game? Right? It's well below 50, I would think. Um, Agreed. Uh, does uh, 538 still have the deal where you can um, look at the, you know, pre- uh, decide on next week's result and it gives you the playoff odds? I'm not sure. Let's yeah, see. take a look at that. Um, but obviously Cleveland's very motivated here. And I also think the confidence level, if you're coming in a game and you know that the, the weather and everything is, is, is your kind of game, you feel better about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, I like this. I, uh, I think okay. the, the way to simplify it is when you take out Trevor Lawrence, you take out Christian Kirk, you, you factor in the weather, this becomes a trenches game, and the Browns are way better on both sides in the trenches than the Jags are. All right, that's our five weight. And, Fez, you've got a two weight on? The under in the game, under 31. All right, next games. Scott's five weight, the Baltimore Ravens minus seven. Ooh. And I am cross-firing. Ooh. Now, I'm saying my inclination coming in is I like the dog a little bit. Interesting. So let's hear it. I'm sure a lot of people like the dog in this situation. Why? Because the Rams are overinflated because of their recent wins. Last week against the Browns. So you're saying I'm the sucker in this case. (laughs) That game was a lot closer than the final score. It was a one-score game at the two-minute warning with Joe Flacco at the helm for for the Browns. Now you have the Ravens off of a bye. Seeing the Chiefs and Jaguars lose, there's motivation to get the number one overall seed, especially knowing that they play the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. So they are are mass motivated to play every game and win every game. Off a bye, an incredible spot for John Harbaugh. 
With the 13 or more days of rest, he's 10-6 and six against the spread. He's covering by 6.16 points per game in those games. And a lot of the Ravens' struggles this year have been holding on to leads. In all three of their losses this year, they blew leads. They blew two double-digit leads in two of those losses. But I'm not worried about that against the Rams because Matthew Stafford, 7-12-1 against the spread in the second half since the start of last season. In fact, in the last five years, Matthew Stafford is the third worst ATS quarterback in the second half. I'm not worried about a Rams comeback and a backdoor cover. I think with the weather being a factor possibly in this game in Baltimore, I think the Ravens, 20-mile-per-hour winds, rain, are going to run all over the Rams and cover this football game. Yeah, you mentioned last week, and you're right. They, I mean, it, it was a, a closer game than the final look, but the Rams put up 400 yards of offense against the freaking Cleveland Browns. And they no one's given them credit for how good their offense is. They're ninth in DVOA, right behind the Dallas Cowboys. They're eighth in rushing, despite a four-week span where Kyron Williams was on IR and the Rams couldn't run the ball at all. They're still sitting at eighth in, in rushing DVOA. I just think that this team is better than people think. Uh, the Rams' defense is playing well, too. They've allowed 17 points per game over their last four. And the Ravens' offense, before the bye, they weren't playing well against the Chargers. And that's the Chargers. Like, Lamar Jackson had one of his worst games against the freaking Chargers, and now they have to figure out life without Mark Andrews, which particularly hurts in the red zone. Andrews has six of the 14 receiving touchdowns for Baltimore. And if there was ever a spot to me where the where the Ravens were going to take a breath, it's here. Their remaining schedule at Jacksonville, who they're compete, competing for the number one seed with, at San Francisco, Miami, who they're competing for the number one seed with, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, their biggest rival. Where do they take their breath if it isn't here? The Rams are six and six. They've got an absolutely legit chance to make the playoffs. I think the Rams are are just wildly undervalued. Don't you think that Baltimore would have taken their breath on their bye last week? So yeah. does that then? That's I get that, but you still have to get up for certain games. You 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 can't not look ahead to the rest of your schedule, right, Fez? I, I'm going to disagree. You're coming off okay. your you're coming off your bye. I don't think you can say, "Oh, we got a tough schedule." You know, we're 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 saving ourselves. Um, so I think I think you bring up an excellent point with that schedule. Normally that would be concerned, but them coming off a bye, I don't think it is. I do have to ask AJ. So we saw Baltimore. They annihilate NFC teams. So they crushed Seattle, who isn't as good as the Rams, but they crushed Detroit, who's better than the Rams. How do you feel about you know the Baltimore's prowess against the NFC? Uh, I think you're making a very good point. That is there. certainly a concern. But, again, I don't know that those teams had the offense that this Rams team has right now. Like, the, the Rams offense Detroit is, doesn't have the, the, as good offense as the Rams? Uh, no, they do. No, you're right. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe there is. Oh, it's it's one factor. Right? It is I mean, one factor. That's but the thing. If you if if we fight for every factor, doesn't go against. No, it's certainly a detriment. They, they, and Lamar, when he doesn't see teams, he tends to dominate them. But I also well, I think it's the opposite. Or yeah, when when teams haven't seen him, him. Yeah. But I I do think that the Rams with Kyron Williams at running back. Like the splits on how well they run the ball, he is so much better. And and you look at when, like when the Rams won the Super Bowl, is when Todd Gurley was was running the ball. Like they, the Rams' offense, McVay's offense needs success running the football. They they didn't have that without Kyron Williams. They didn't have it last year. 
Now they have it. He's explosive. He is a problem. And this offense is is legit. The fact that they're right there in DVOA with the Dallas Cowboys in offense says that this Rams offense is being undervalued by the market. Well, AJ, um, RJ Bell told you that Gurley was going to go under in that Super Bowl. He did. <laughs> you know what's funny? There was a long time Harbaugh had a, a great record off the bye. Sit 10 and 6. Covering by six points per game, six point one six. Okay, so this is fascinating because I'm looking at the results now. He's lost four straight hmm. with off a, with a twelve or more days of rest. So that's going to count. Um, in 2020, they had a week 19 game, which was obviously the playoffs. So you know it's going to count that if we said regular season only. But it, the trend has gone against it uh, here uh, recently, very recently. Lamar in or out of those games? Well, I don't care because okay. the, the spread would account. Yeah, for the that. spread. The yeah. spread would account for. It. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But I do think there's two factors in this game that I was thinking, man, they might really combine. Yeah, so he's lost three straight in the regular season and four or five off the buys. Um, that's interesting, actually. Uh, but then the Lamar numbers, I'll pull that up. And and you know what we can do? We can dig a little deeper. Is was it Baltimore scoring more points? That would be our theory, right? Because Lamar is sure. unfamiliar. We'll see what it is. So, out of conference, we got a, a straight up record of eighteen and one for Lamar. for Lamar. And in those games, it's right around the Ravens scored two more points than expected, and they gave up three and a half less points than expected. So, so the defense has been even more impressive. Yeah, which would be coaching staff. The theory is a good coaching staff can see an unfamiliar opponent and find things quicker out of conference. Could just be the offense churning long drives, burning clock up. That's a good. Now that you know, that is something we're dealing with in some other work we're doing, which is with scoring. How much of it is opportunity? How much of it is efficiency? Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a good point. And ATS, he's right not. We don't know in the ATS model exactly the games Lamar played, but there's only been what two that he missed. Yeah. And in those other games, in all the games, he's they're twelve eight and one. Baltimore is out of conference, so it's a good record regardless of those couple games. So uh, that we were not sure exactly which ones he missed. We could find out, but it doesn't really matter because it's pretty good, but not great. Yeah. Right. All right. So. I would say this. I was, if I had to bet right now, I think I go with the Ravens. I was one over a little bit on that when I was leaning one way, and now I'm leaning the other. All right. Next game. Next game, a game that we've all got an interest in: Detroit at Chicago. A triple like. There's a derivative, and he, oh, the Hitman has a like, quadruple like on this game. RJ, it's, and the Hitman agrees with us. He does. Mm. Okay, who's got the highest one? Uh, Fez and I both have a four weight. All right. Fez? All right, I'm on the Bears plus the three and a half. You know, this my pure power ratings make this game three, but I got to tell you, a lot of things point to the Bears here. So the Bears off of the bye, I always like that. I don't think normally you have to worry about how motivated is the team. Well, I think the Bears are kind of a surging four and eight team that they're still excited about the year. Fields is back, and I tell you this, the weather it has improved. The weather forecast is still going to be nasty in Chicago. Still going to be possibility for precipitation, some wind, and I think that's going to impact the quarterback play much more for Goff and the Lions than for Fields in Chicago. Fields can just tuck it and run. That's what he does. So I think advantage Bears, power rating Bears. I like the Bears. The improving conditions currently say 35 degrees, and outdoor Jared Goff, I'll, I, I want this every time. Uh, the Bears' defense has played a lot better uh, in the second half of the season, while the Lions' defense con- like it continues to just fall off the map. 
and they just had to put a Lee McNeil on the on the IR with a knee injury. The Lions have two defenders with a PFF grade higher than 77. <clears throat> Aiden Hutchinson has a 90. McNeil has an 88. That is a major loss to lose your guy in the middle of your defensive line for a team that already struggles to stop the run. I think the Bears outplayed the Lions a few games ago. Fields ran for 104 yards in that game, which was his season high. Now they play in a place where your ability to run the ball matters even more. I just feel like these two teams are going in opposite directions. So I'm I'm happy to take the home dog here outside of field goal. One thing I think we miss in these handicaps is everything that AJ said was a relative handicap, meaning okay, not everything, but things like this guy's out is very clean. But the question is, if this line was pick him, you would be betting as be- the most money you could on Detroit, yes. right? So now the question becomes. It, what should this line be? Is this line right? And now the other factors, in theory, aren't now accounted for if the line, you know, but if the, we see it all the time. Oh, I'll give you an example. Um, Zeke Elliott's been catching a lot more passes. I just got into a specific prop I was looking at, and I looked at his stat line and said, man, he ha- he's had more catch. So for the last four games, his over-under for catches was one and a half. His over-under for catches this game, uh, and again, we're talking about Thursday night now, is two and a half. So we can sit. We could sit here and talk about, and really the lay price is pretty much what it was when it was one and a half four games ago. So it's like double the catches, but you get the, it's because things have changed. So if a handicapper came in there and said, hey, Zeke Elliott, he's been hot, I'm going over. Well, we're missing half the question, right? Which is, is the, the odds maker adjusted. Yeah. So the question is, let's look at, and there's a couple ways we can do this. We can look at power ratings. You can look at Fez's. You can look at whatever ones. I like to have an ensemble. I like to have three or four sources that I trust, and I figure, hey, eliminate the top, eliminate the bottom, take an average of the middle, and all of a sudden you got a good number, right? You're not going to find genius there because it takes the outlier to find the genius. I just want to find a solid number. So, Fez, your numbers are solid. What does your number say? And then what we can do is flip the line what it was a couple weeks ago, and oh, we've got, like got two ways at it. Yeah, I make it three. All right. So with with home, everything is three. So us getting three and a half actually is saying we have value that's coming from that on top of the trend lines you're talking about. All right. Let's think back. What was it? Was the Bears line against the Lions the first time? Was that that was the week before Thanksgiving, right? Because then they lost to the Packers. The Lions did on Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what was the line? Detroit seven and a half. Okay. So Detroit seven and a half. Now that's going to be a four point change. That seems like a, D, a little bit more, but it's dome versus grass. I mean, in a weird way. It kind of feels like a four-point adjustment given the both teams' proclivity or, or, or proclivity or proclivity towards you know playing at home, mm-hmm. that that would be a four-point adjustment seems proper. And right? that might be a two little high, but because it's in division. Yeah. Right? We just gave a two-pointer. So I think saying a half a, there's been a half-a-point adjustment doesn't seem unreasonable the, you know, because the lines have dropped, not looked great. Because remember, they lost to the Packers after that game. Right? Right. And the Bears' defense especially has been upgraded significantly. So I think we're getting a fair price, and I, then I like your handicap, AJ. But I and th- the Bears clearly should have covered the first game. You know, you could go back and when yeah. you're watching that game, if they replayed that game, that, that line isn't going to be 7.5 anymore. No, I agree. I agree. Just well, after having watched that, that game alone. What was the final of that game? 31-26. 
So they covered anyway. Yeah, I thought they covered. Yeah. So uh, and the, the Bears scored with like under a minute. The, the Lions scored with under a minute to go, and then they, they got a safety. Not only that, and the ball was loose, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only that, it was 26-14 Chicago with with three minutes to go in the game. I think this was the game. <laughs> Um, but last year was the game that the Jets won down 13 nothing, right? The Flacco game. But I think this was the game where the team had the list, smallest chance of winning with like three and a half minutes to go, and they wound up winning. ESPN win probability had Chicago at 98.2%. Okay. So here's the catch-22. Does that affirm our pick, or does that make us think Detroit's going to take this game extra seriously? But here's the catch-22. I think, or not the catch-22, here's the thing I think nullifies that question. They're going to take the game seriously anyway. It's in division. Yeah. Bears are playing better. But is this an example of the zigzag where in the NBA, if a team loses, we think they're going to make adjustments and the other team won't, thus advantage the team that lost? Could we say the Bears are going to say more of the same? Or because they lost the game, they're going to say we still got to tweak it? Gosh, I tell you what, the weather's going to be so much different. Both teams are going to have to make adjustments. Yeah, And remember, we talked about bad weather, Jared Goff. Well, you know where that all started. Was a night in Chicago. Hmm. Remember that Full. that night game, and it was a season where it was that front that that. It's a great memory. Yeah, yeah, that was that front. Baby hands. <laughs> now, what was that one? His baby hands. Jared Goff's baby oh, hands. Oh, you know, we work outdoors. And 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 if you remember, Fangio was the DC of the Bears in that game, and it was his front that he uses what Belichick used a variation of to win another Super Bowl. Somehow, you know, I always hated the Patriots as a Steelers fan, but then it became easier just to co-opt them. To so embrace them. To embrace them, exactly. Uh, in Speaking of Jared Goff, outdoors in December and January, 9-14-1 ATS. That's not good, is it? No. <laughs> so, Fez, um, what's your cause of concern in this game? Is there, I mean, because in general, there's no handicap. That's perfect. There's no game that's one-sided. No cause of concern. I'm confident the Bears. High confidence. No, no, I'm not saying right. I'm not saying that you don't like the side. I'm saying what if I was saying give me a handicap on the Lions, you could come up with one thing. Uh, Lions are undervalued last week because they the stats didn't look all that good, but they blitzed New Orleans so bad, twenty-one to nothing, that you could you could argue that the stats are misleading how much they actually they almost lost, but they dominated most of the game. All right. The bigger the hands, the better, obviously. You're talking about the difference between Russell Wilson at 10 and a half inches. I was at Russell's pro day and I said, did you see his hands? They're ginormous. And Joe Burrow with his tiny minuscule baby doll hands, turns out Joe Burrow needs to look for something else to do with his life. Well, you know, it matters. It matters. It matters. <laughs> okay, now I'm feeling good that the Hitman's going to have a winner here. We got a recorded pick from the Hitman, pregame.com. He's a prop specialist, an expert. Let's listen. Best bet, Chicago Bears plus the three and a half. The market hasn't fully accounted for the different trajectory these two, two teams are on, specifically their defense. Chicago over the past seven games is allowing just six yards per pass attempt, second best in the league. Their defense overall since that point is top seven in success rate and EPA as well. Detroit, on the other hand, over their last six games is 31st in points per drive allowed defensively, as well as getting torched through the air and even showing just a few blemishes to their previously super strong run defense. Jared Goff struggles against cover two defenses, and no team runs more cover two than Chicago. Against Chicago just a few weeks ago, 
Goff threw three interceptions and had his second worst yards per attempt game of the entire season. Also, Detroit's defensive weakness is against mobile quarterbacks, and Justin Fields has run for 100 yards three straight games against them. Best bet, Chicago Bears plus three and a half. Yeah, Fez, good point. You brought it up first, which was the idea that in bad weather, remember that was a bad weather game and the 49ers came in and played Chicago. A running quarterback is extra valuable. So I think advantage fields, like Hitman was saying, because again, if in, if you can't throw as well, or just if the other, the, if the typical offense is limited, we've got one of the best teams opposing us, Detroit, with the limitations with golf and the bad weather and the grass field, and then we got one of the better teams, a team that's used to that kind of weather, used to the you know grassy, plumpy field but also a running probably the best if well, him and Lamar the two best running quarterbacks out there first inclination first guy is an open tuck it and run that's mm-hmm. not optimal but it actually is optimal in crappy weather and it might be optimal for fields in general yes but but uh, crappy weather for sure uh, by the way i'm going to you know i think changing to the next game i think i i'm going to give an idea out here and see if anyone takes it what do you think about having end-of-year resolutions, but there's a better name for it, December resolutions, that's the name, in which you can say, I'll have it st- I'll, I've already have broken my resolution, and by New Year's I can try something else. You know how the, the story is on the New Year's resolutions mm-hmm. is everyone has it, and then they break it by the end of the month. Now, right? is this like the oppo that we can do bad things and like partying? Go, AJ and I can go and see who eats more lamb chops at, at, um, <laughs> lamb at, chops at Texas are good for Deep you. Brazil. N- that, that is another. I like this idea. That actually is a, maybe even a better idea. <laughs> it could be like an anti resolution. Yes. Know, resolve to be bad, and you do that during December. Yeah. All right. Well, I was thinking the other way. Oh. And what I've come up with is this. Apparently, I don't look at the Twitter reply. I don't. I don't tweet much. I'm thinking about tweeting. More. I don't know, but um, I did catch one where Mackenzie's fighting with a customer. Probably not a customer, but about me eating on air. Oh, and you know what? I've just made a resolution. I'm still going to drink on air, but that no one cares about that. That's fun, but I'm not going to eat on air. I was in there shoving popcorn in my mouth in the break room, so because I couldn't bring it out. Now, uh, by the way, Mackenzie, you got to clean up break. There's uh, on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're out of barbecue chips. (laughs) And Scott, I'd appreciate it if all of us could help Mackenzie with the upkeep of that. But but honestly, I'm going to try. So we'll see. All right. I like this. Yeah. If I could burp like, oh, you know, actually, I should have had this lined up. Shoot. Let's act like that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm going to try this. Now let's go. Where's the. Oh. Wait, okay, one more. All right, try it again. You know, <laughs> we should try this. Uh, yeah, doesn't it's not the sandwich. No. It's not smooth, is it? Next game. Next game, Philadelphia plus three and a half at Dallas. This is a triple like, and I actually have a derivative on this. Who's game. got the biggest weight? That's how uh, we start. You and Scott have an equal four weight on this. Go ahead, sir. All right. Well, I think last week the Dallas Cowboys defense was exposed against the Seattle Seahawks, and it got me thinking – How good is the Cowboys' defense? So let's look back at their performances this year. In their wins, they faced Daniel. Your pick is Philly. Yes. (laughs) In their wins, the Dallas Cowboys have faced Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, half of Matthew Stafford, half of Brett Rippon, 
Tommy DeVito, Bryce Young, Sam Howell, Justin Herbert, they only won that game by three, and Geno Smith, who put up 35 points in the game last week. In their losses, you know, Josh Dobbs rushed for 55 yards. He had an 84 QBR in that game. Brock Purdy threw for 252 yards and four scores. So hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now, I'm on Philly, too. Mm -hmm. We're making the case that Dallas' D's no good because of what? I mean, you just ratted off a lot of names. and then Because they've looked good and dominated against bad quarterbacks. So Herbert's on that list? Yeah, they only won that game by three, though. They didn't dominate that, that game. But, but how many points did they give up? Isn't that 17. The they scored okay. 20. Yeah. That seems pretty good. Okay. All right, so go ahead. It, but in the games that their defense got exposed, like Geno Smith put up 35 points last week. Brock Purdy threw for four touchdown passes. Jalen Hurts threw for two and rushed for one. I think that now you face Jalen Hurts again, we're not going to see the Cowboys defense that dominated the Daniel Jones and Zach Wilsons and Mac Joneses. We're going to see the Cowboys look a little bit more like what they looked like last week. That's why that total is 53. Jalen Hurts, uh, the Eagles under Jalen Hurts at quarterback, 11-1 and straight up in their last 12 divisional games. Their only loss was that loss to Washington about a year ago. And, and, and I like backing... The team that just got blown out, especially a winning team in the Philadelphia Eagles, because they're not as bit, they're they're not what we saw last week against the 49ers. In fact, the 49ers make everybody look bad. This is the bounce back spot against the Dallas Cowboys, and you could call this, I don't want to call it it, but you could call it it the kitchen sink type game. Why? Because you win this game, the rest of the season is your prep for the playoffs. They play the Giants twice and the Cardinals, and they would already have the leg up, first place, tiebreakers, everything. Yeah, they win this the game. They're Cowboys. very solid for exactly. the division. So you can give it your all this game. I'm not saying they wouldn't give it their all, but this game means more than any game for the rest of the season. Meanwhile, for the Dallas Cowboys, with a win in this game, would be in first place in the NFC East, but only temporarily. If both teams win their remaining games for the rest of the season, it goes down to the third tiebreaker, which the Eagles will have over the Cowboys. So even if the Cowboys win this game, there's no guarantee they win the division. Yeah, but that could be an argument. Well, there'd be no guarantee. Yeah, but that could be an argument that made it where maybe um, the Philly isn't as motivated. But I don't. I think we're going to level too far. Yeah, with I that. just think, it, I think it's interesting. It means yeah. it means a lot for both teams. Yeah, but I, I think Philly knowing that they can lock everything up. Oh, it, I, well. Let's agree to this. Both teams are going to be motivated. Sure. There is a bounce back element to. Yes. Now, there also is, hey, Dallas was playing on a Thursday game Mm -hmm. with a look ahead. You know, they were, what, nine point favorites in that game, right? So they could have been a little flat. I think that Dak should be the MVP. Or Brock Purdy. I'm indifferent, actually. I don't see how anyone (laughs) could disagree with that position. Yeah, I agree. And. I think what he needs to do, Purdy, by the way, there has to be McKenzie. Maybe you can tell this to Cousin Kyle if he cares about the MVP. Is I think we got to make this an American story. The fact he's a seventh-round pick makes it more amazing that he's going to be the MVP. Not that he shouldn't be the MVP. I think, side note, I think they are trying to make it a story, much like a Heisman campaign, because the 49ers had sent something out on social media today uh, of the video of Brock Purdy getting the phone call from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan say on draft day. 
saying that he was going to be drafted. Like that video like made the rounds today for some reason. And his superior. Like, why is that video coming out now and being like made the rounds on social media? Wouldn't it have been funny if it says video not available? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the superior performance versus Trey Lance, for instance, when he was with San Francisco, clearly shows you can't just put any quarterback. No, there. I mean, listen, I think by most accounts, Pur- or all accounts that really, I think, Purdy is playing better than anyone has in a Shan- or in the 49ers version mm-hmm. of the Shanahan offense, with Matt Ryan being the exception, maybe. Right? That was an MVP year, by the way, for Matt Ryan in- with Atlanta, with Shanahan as OC. Um, so this is my um, three-weight. Or, four-weight. Or, 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 oh, yeah. Okay, my four-weight also. And um, I'm going to go the other side of the coin. I was thinking I like Philly here. I like this three and a half, especially. I mean, this is saying Dallas. You just mentioned again. Oh, you were talking Tampa and Carolina, mm-hmm. and there was a point where it was widely available. You could have laid three minus one twenty, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So Tampa versus Carolina. Carolina, the worst team of the league, many most believe, and a Tampa team that's not so bad. And the line was three, three point two five. Let's say. This is three and a half in the contest. So are we really saying that Dallas is better than Philly by more than Tampa is better than Carolina? Yeah, no way. I mean, Dallas, I've got one, I got Dallas one point better than Philly. And that's and I'm not most on an people, island. And, and most people and people might, well, you might say, well, home is what, one two, maybe? Dallas has a pretty Division, good home field. One yeah. and a quarter. Well, no, no, no. Dallas isn't one and a quarter in this game, I don't think. But let's say two. Because sure. remember, you're going by the what's getting people conflated with the home field. It's been trending down, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But 2020 had no fans, so if you look at then, if you look at last year, it was up to like the average win of home teams was like two and a half points. So it's it. I think we hit a. I think we're but gonna, division division. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, I agree. But 1.75. There you go. But anyway. <laughs> The point is, a point doesn't get you to three because three is like a quadruple point when it and comes. And we're to... through the three here. Yeah. And Philly, although they just played the gauntlet schedule wise, now you can make the case, but no, this no, is their no, first no. loss during the gauntlet. See, this is what people messed up. They had a bye. Uh, well, they've only played two games since the bye. Pull that up and make sure I'm right. Yeah, they had the bye before Kansas City. Yeah. So, and they mm-hmm. played Kansas. Well, they played three games. Yeah, Kansas three games. City, yeah. Buffalo, and San Fran. So let's think about this now. Is you got your bye. That's is when you're most rested the whole year in theory. Well, I guess the first game of so the year. So there's no gauntlet after a bye. Well, yeah. yeah. You can so, kind of delete so the So you game could before. say, yeah, you, yeah, I agree with that. And you also come into that game off the bye as rested as you're going to be. So maybe they're a little fatigued. But you know what? They had the 90-some plays against them two, coming into the last week's game. They only ran – you know, I had this written – oh, no, I actually have it written down. Let me pull – it was like 52 plays uh, their defense only played last week. Let me get the exact number. So, I mean, that was on the uh, – 57 plays for the 49ers last week. Yeah. Time. So that – I mean, obviously the 49ers dominated. It's not like the Eagles tried real hard in the fourth quarter last, right. last week. 57 plays. And by the way, if you look at it, here was the situation. Phillies had – um, a rest of, uh, if you go backwards, the bye, five days, six days, six days. So normal rest except, you know, for the one situation off the bye, which, again, is fine. And then 57 plays is like 15 below average, and they were losing the game clearly. It wasn't one of those high-pressure, every play matters. Mm-hmm. At the second half of the game, they 
I don't want to say they were playing out the string, mm -hmm. but at a certain point, the intensity of the game went down. Right? I mean, we all agree in a blow, in a tight game, it's more stress, it's more effort. And now it's all well, Marcus Mariota the last the final two the final two drives. Yeah, yeah. This is their la this is the last game. So the, the the last game of any bad stretch, you can you can put forth your best effort. Yeah, but I yeah. think if you and add it's not in that the, bad. Yeah, you add in the bye, you add in that you only played two and a half really high, super high intensity quarters, and now you're off a loss. The motivation is there. But I the only thing that could make this line make sense is hurts being hurt worse. Now, do you think yeah, Mario only played a couple of plays? He didn't play the whole drive. Yeah. Yeah, but do you think? I mean, knowing what you, I mean, you follow the Eagles pretty closely. You got Hurts as your MVP. Mm -hmm. He's not the favorite. He's nope. not the second favorite. Nope. That's fine. But let's think: the three biggest favorites, none of them were first round picks. Hmm. All right, mm -hmm. seventh, fourth, and second. Mm -hmm. um, is Hurts hurt worse than he was entering last week's game? No. I, I I think he's I think he's banged up. Yeah, but he's I don't think it's like I don't think it's worse than it was. I think he's just banged up. So let's think about this. Kansas City was considered the best team, right? Them and San Fran. A couple of weeks ago, you would have said them and San Fran were right neck and neck, right? Yeah. So what was, the game was in Philly, and the line was what game two was and a half? Kansas City. I'm talking about oh the game was in Kansas City, and the line was Philly, what KC two, two point, and a half two point eight five. Yeah, okay. Two point eight. Yeah. So what we were saying there, Kansas City was a slightly better team. Yeah. All right. Now we're saying Dallas is better by a bigger margin. Now I know Casey's dropped off off of last week, you know, but it just it, I has that I have them equal, and that's right now Dallas. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, and I'm saying back then Casey was dropped off. Yeah, so I mean this this feels like this is people finally got the memo that Philly's D's not that great. They look at some close wins and they're just reevaluating everything. This would have to be Dallas would have to be the best team in the league in a normal season for this line to make sense, right? I mean, what do you got Phillies? Well, well, San Fran was just laying three at Philly, but that's situational. That's that's a weird game. You, you got, you, I better look at that and say, well, the early week line was San Fran minus one and a half. Yeah, and also that's a better way to come, look at coming it. off of that that 90-some plays or whatever, yeah. it, it was the perfect storm. And if you look at it, Philly, listen, San Fran gets all the credit in the world. But Philly was after the first quarter. What was the score? Six nothing, Philly. Yeah. So it seems like fatigue was a big factor. So, so in the you game. know, let's go back and say the Monday line. All the movement was all this other stuff that was going on. So the Monday line was um, San Fran minus one and a half in mm -hmm. Philly. That means San Fran would have been minus four at home against Philly. Mm -hmm. So now wait a minute, San Fran's considerably Bad. better than Dallas. And it's not just because they blew him out the one game either. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the only way this line makes sense is if Hurts is hurt or if they were super tired still. I don't see how they're super tired still, thus value. Yeah, and, and when he left the game, he was just about he was he was valued for a concussion. It had nothing to do with the knee. And obviously he passed concussion protocol. He played and he's not even on the injury report. Speaking of the Eagles injury report, Dallas Goddard, full participant in practice. I mean the really? the Eagles have been missing that tight end uh, for a long time, and he was a full participant. So if he's back this week, that's a huge boost to their offense. I agree because people that watched the tape were saying they were becoming too one-dimensional. The two outside receivers, save us or hurts, you do it. There wasn't much. The running backs weren't doing all that much, and the tight end was out. Full participant on Wednesday means it's not even. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got to be. I don't think they have probable anymore, but like it, that feels probable, right? Yeah. All right. What do you guys think on this game? Uh, full disclosure, uh, I bet Dallas and gave to my clients Dallas at minus three, even or plus one hundred, even money, mm -hmm. whatever you want to mm -hmm. call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I I mean, obviously, I don't want to play Dallas at minus three and a half. So what was your handicap? Uh, but I, what Scott was saying about the you know the quarterbacks that Dallas's defensive face. I mean, you didn't mention Jalen Hurts. The Cowboys did, defense did a pretty good job against Jalen Hurts when they played them what was the first score? time. What was he the score? He threw for two game? touchdowns and ran for another. I think that's a what, was, good what, was what was his yard? He had like two hundred passing yards. The score was 28-23. Yeah, 20-23. Yeah, so that was a high-scoring game, wasn't it? It was. Okay. Uh, was Jalen pick six that they returned? No. Jalen Hurts is... had 200 yards of the, – the, the Eagles had 292 yards of offense. The Cowboys had 406. Huh. I mean, the Cowboys are known for empty yards. Em- a lot. I mean, let's be candid. They're, they've historically been – in the last 20, 30, let me think, 30 years, they've been a less efficient team than most. Right, they they put up a lot of points. They hot dog when they're up big, and they lose the big games. Is this the first? Now, so Hertz and Prescott were in that recent game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like in their matchups, in their tenure, like they've hardly ever played each other. Yeah, it's a one in one. Okay. Yeah. You know what's funny? And if I answer yeah, this, one in one. Answer this question, and I'm not saying you're picking. I mean, listen. You're doing great. I mean, we can all disagree. I, I think it's we lay out our facts, and the audience decides what they believe. Well, if I had to play it at this number, I'd be on the side with you and Scott, to be honest. Okay, but I'm going to ask another question. Okay. If the line was three flat, Fez, and you were forced to play, who would you play? Well, I'm a slave to the marketplace, so I would play Dallas. But let's say you didn't know what the market was. That's a great question. All right. I would be passing. I'd say three. But it's spread. a forced play. No, you can't force me to play. Yes, you I can. can. No, but I'm also, it's called a gun to the head. You've no, heard of that. No, there, but there's also the prime directive says I um I cannot lie on the pod. So why would you lie? Exactly. I'm, I don't have a, I don't have a force. But it's a forced play. <laughs> so who would you I'd play? I'd flip a coin and I would tell you whatever the coin said. So, <laughs> Literally, it's it, I mean it's right where it you should know, be. You I'm I'm just having a vision where Fez would be if he hadn't had my media training because it's like <laughs> literally he'd be making a lot of money but no one would know his name. Well, I guess it'd be like remember that guy that won the super contest? It'd be, who is? It'd be like who is it's that guy? It's possible I could have just watched like all of your like your your past Colin no. Howard episodes no. and taken notes. You can't. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like stolen the best of. Yeah, okay. but disagreements. I will say this. I will say this. It is weird that we got to pull teeth for you to say. If I gave you a free roll and it, you get $10,000 if you pick the win, ATS winner correctly, plus three, who would you, and you didn't know the market, who would you pick? What do you think the I, line should be? I, well, Can't be 3.00. I, I would go to my power ratings, which say it's 2.75, and I take Philly. That's my point. I, yes. I, I think it's valid that at a, at a half a point or the most 20 cents better or worse. It's still a lean. Yes. I so mean, if it's a lean at three, it's up bad at three. And yeah, a and I a and again, bet. the fact that your lean or my lean goes against AJ's bet means AJ, you probably, I mean, you have a fifty percent or better chance to have the right tie. It's a lean, you know. But I think it's valid. And maybe the better way for me to have said this is, I think it'd be a reasonable pick to take Dallas or Philly plus three. They wouldn't be like, oh, that's wrong, you know. So if that's the case, three and a half, as Scott or as AJ saying. You know, even at th- you like it at three and a half, and you're yep. inclined towards Dallas. So, I mean, generally. Well, and my my derivative on this play, oh, go ahead. Is, I have a two weight. It's Dallas's team total over 27 and a half. Part of what you said in your handicap was the people saying that the who, Eagles. Who are you talking to? RJ. Okay. You said the Eagles defense. Like, we kind of know now it's not as good as people thought it was. And yeah. they're in a seven game stretch where the worst offense that they've played is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Like that tells you how how raggedy this defense must be running at this point. So who's the offense that they played? Buffalo is going to be ahead of Kansas City. In Buffalo this is ahead of Kansas uh-huh. City. And what stats are we using for that? DVOA. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so the the offenses are Miami, Washington. So Washington has a better DVOA than yeah. Kansas City. Hmm. Maybe we got a question. Did I keep saying just offense? Did, did shots lose the formula? <laughs> uh, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners. Cowboys, Chiefs. Bills, Niners. That is a gauntlet. Yes. Lucky they had a buy in there. They did have a buy in there. Uh, but so, they also. So real quick, 27 and a half. I love that number being under the, the key of 28. Yeah, because you think about the, the projected final score right now is 28 to 24 and a half. So yeah. and you're getting and usually the cockroach bookie penalizes you for playing overs, but in this case you're getting the better of the number. Getting the instead of them making twenty eight and a half, they're making twenty seven. I think we make it. I would want to make this an impromptu show bet. What do you think, guys? You like it fast? The full full game over or, ju- or just the uh, the Cowboys? I'm giving him a bunch of compliments. The Cowboys. They, they oh. saying it's twenty seven and a half. We th- that's the number we like about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want to not take advantage of that. What do you think, Scott? I'd rather have the Eagles over 23 and a half since I'm on. 30. I agree with that as well. That's because, again, the importance that's of the interesting. 24. Yeah. But in theory, both of them is right below that key number. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. the Eagles over even more. You like that even more? Yeah. Because the implied final score is 28 to 24 and a half. I like the 27 and a half. 24 over. is more important than 28. But 24. here's here's why, though. I can see Philly just laying. I mean, Dallas will not let up if they do get a lay. Like but I you would, like the Eagles. I know I do, but that only means I think that the percentage is like a couple of percent over, right? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, if you told me who has a better chance of winning against the spread by ten or more points, and I'm forgetting key numbers. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Three and a half gets to thirteen. Half, yeah. I'm not sure I wouldn't say Dallas. I don't I don't think Philly can blow Dallas out. Dallas could win by 24. Dallas could, it could win happen. By, yeah. Philly could get down and just... But I still think Philly covers. But Dallas well, has more blowout probability. Yeah, because I think Philly I at a certain point is going to make a business decision mm-hmm. where Dallas would keep fighting back because they know they're see- in a way all the motivational stuff you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So well, and also the way they're built, like I mean, Dallas is built to keep putting up points against really bad teams. But but either way, I if I had to choose, I like both of them. I'd go over twenty. But do, does that mean we have to like the the, the total over? If you like no. over both the pieces, no. <laughs> I mean, not if they're dealing low numbers on each one. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so it's it's out. It's a, it's a buffet of bets. If you guys want to take it, we like Philly on the side. AJ came up and has a derivative on over team total twenty seven and a half is a key number. In a team total, so I like that over, and I agree with Scott, who also has Philly on the side, mm-hmm. but over 23.5 for Philly. And Mr. Diamond Dave Esler. I mean, I never liked the buck. I hope, well, in fact, I know he's got Philly. Let's listen. Well, now we sit at 77% this season on the Dream Pod with that 49ers first half win, and I am well aware that regression is due. I'm humble. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you. Notice God did not say that your Twitter followers may exalt you. This week, I love the Philadelphia Eagles plus the points at Dallas. But why, Dave? History has them. Dallas was humbled, and there's that word again, by the 49ers. Many teams are. In fact, eight of the 49ers' opponents won and or covered the week after playing them, and eight of the last nine. The three that didn't, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. 
And oh yes, the Bucks actually covered against Dallas. Looking back, so yeah, nice run by Dallas the last month against Washington, Carolina, the Giants, and Seattle, who could have won that game. Yes, McCaffrey. Yes, Kittle. Yes, the Niners' defense. But it's Debo Samuel that gives that offense another dimension. We saw that last week during the 49ers' October skid. This week, we will see nine of the last ten 49ers' opponents cover. I love the Eagles plus three and a half points. All right, Diamond Dave, I like that he agrees with us. And let's think. Oh, you can follow him on Twitter, Dave Esler. That's Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Yeah, and, and going to his idea of teams post the 49ers. So since Kyle Shanahan took over, the, the following game after playing those 49ers, you're 57, 48, and 5 ATS. All right, and it's funny because there was a time when it was, and I think last year specifically, where everyone was losing after playing the 49ers. But then if you look now, it's actually five of the last seven won. So the very short term, it looks good. The course of his career is what really matters, I think, typically. It's a, a winner. is going with the team post-49ers. But there was a, a last year, it was really against it. A lot of these trends ebb and flow. Sample size. Sample size matters. But I like the handicap because it agrees with me. Continue. Uh, Fez, your three-weight game, the Las Vegas Raiders, plus three hosting the Vikings. Yeah, I just can't get to this number. Um, at three, it kind of shocked me, frankly. So I upgraded Minnesota a point and a half for Justin Jefferson. I know that's too high. It probably should be a point and a quarter. I rounded up to one and a half. First off, off a hamstring, too, he might be a little he might ginger. Not even exactly. He might be like on a, a little bit of a play count. He might not have that full explosiveness. So, but even with the point and a half, I only get this line to be 2.75, and I think that's probably too much, which puts me at two and a half. And this game is being priced like Vegas is, you know, had a dream crusher. And I don't think that's the case. I think Vegas, since the cigar wins, they uh, they played very well and they lost to Miami. They had the lead against Kansas City. They haven't given up on their season. They're looking at the schedule. And frankly, this team has had, since November 5th, one road trip at Miami. They've been home. All November and through December here, and they're looking at the Chargers after this game. So they're staring at being able. To be, so who are we talking about? The the Raiders. They're okay. staring. They're five and seven. So they're looking at they can get right back to five hundred here with two winnable games against Minnesota and the Chargers. Uh, I don't. Someone has to explain this line to me because I think it should be two. I'm catching three. I'm on the Raiders. So we didn't talk about this game, but what was the first thing I said when we got it? Uh, you know, ready to broadcast or record, what, what did I say? I say, I don't understand this Minnesota yes. Raiders line. Yeah, that was interesting, but you left it off your cards. So. Yeah, be, well, remember, when I don't understand things, yeah. if I can't get the answer, and I think this is an important point, is when you see a line that seems wrong to you, you better be able to explain why it's wrong, meaning what are the other people assuming that you disagree with? Because otherwise, there may be something you don't know. Yeah. Right mm -hmm. Now you're saying you don't know, that's why I love the collaborative nature. And I think making the one weight something we do after the other handicaps can help us be thinking all the time. Oh, he's making a case, making yep. a case. All right. Um, he, here's some other thoughts on this game. You've got an interim head coach. So they're motivated regardless because they sure. have age. If they, he, These coaches are making good money anyway. But you could even uh, sign one contract as a head coach now. It's like, you know. Generational, yeah. genera generational wealth, mm -hmm. right? Because it's usually what? 
a four or five. I mean, four is the least. A five-year deal. Some of them get a six-year deal. And some teams like the Panthers will pay you not to coach. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Is um, it, I think the motivation is there. I think that the Raiders know there might be more upheaval. Because let's be honest, if if if, if they finish poorly. Are they just going to get rid of the coaches, or are they going to get rid of players? I mean, it does feel like motivation isn't the question, Mm -hmm. right? Now we got Minnesota, where, correct me if I'm wrong, they were saying, you know, this is considered a great coach. I mean, the Minnesota coach, the analytics people love him. And, you know, remember, it's, it's the GM's an analytically driven GM, so it's a smart team. And I'm not saying they're making dumb decisions, but it does seem like that the communication of the coach about Dobbs was kind of mixed messages. It seemed like he was critical earlier in the week. And, now, and, and I mean, are we even sure who's starting right now? Yeah, and Dobbs is starting. He is starting. And, and it was a shock. I mean, he played a really bad game, but he, by, I mean, he single-handedly, by all accounts, had won two straight games for them. So then he has one bad game, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we gotta we got to evaluate these other scrubs, and maybe they should be starting for us. And here's the thing. Wouldn't we have said the same thing about Arizona? He start, Dobbs started strong there, mm-hmm. and then seemingly, and it was like a shocker, it seemingly yeah. was, oh, he's not even worth – we're not going to start him. In fact, we're going to trade him for a six-round pick. And we dismissed it as a narrative of, like, well, Arizona doesn't want to win. Mm-hmm. And now we, we see that they're trying to win. They just beat yeah. the Steelers, Kyler. And my question is, what is it about Dobbs that makes him someone people love initially? Because let's be candid. The Browns cut him for – Mr. Initials, and let's be honest, he's not very good. Joe Flacco is better than him. If someone really wanted him, all it took was a fifth-round draft pick, and they would have had him. I think, or an earlier six. I think what you said, what people like about Josh Dobbs early is he's he's quick to pick things up. Mm -hmm. His ceiling is just low, so it's something that. But is it lower than? Well, yeah, because I don't think he's a good. He's not a great passer of the football, but he does improvise and he can make plays with his legs. And so, if you are a, a team that is, you know, a meddling offense, like he'll make some plays for you. But hold but, on, if oh, he was a backup for Arizona, backup for Murray, wouldn't he be the perfect backup for Murray? I agree. He's ag- yeah. I mean, he's a similar, you know, he's yeah. a running court. But they they traded him for nothing. Yeah, because they they got something. For, they got at least something. No, for him. they got nothing. He wasn't going to be a, there a value. This a ba- why not? Because they're going to draft a quarterback. First of all, I doubt. I don't think that's the case right now. I think right now I would take even money that the Arizona Cardinals do not take a quarterback in the first round. I'm not saying it's a short thing. Mm-hmm. I would certainly. I mean, I would make the line like minus 140. They don't. I tend to agree, given given that Kyler's looked. Well, good. maybe it's not in the first round, but I think they yeah. will. They are taking the future quarterback. Well, I mean, remember Kyler's like 26 years old. Like, so, will you think that, I mean, I'm not saying that they won't do a Jalen, but remember, when Jalen Hurts got picked, that was a shocker, right? When you have Wentz as young as he was. So, um, I would say this, if they don't take a quarterback in the first round, I'd lay minus 300, they don't take one in the second round. And they can't even cut Kyler Murray until 2020. They can can trade him. He he wouldn't get, Kyler Murray is like the 12th or 11th best quarterback in the NFL. Right. Yeah, he's not getting cut. That, that that video game thing was the worst thing that ever happened. Like, I mean, the guy's lucky generally because he's you know rich. And what do you got, Fez? 
Uh, I it keeps he keeps moving up. I, I have him at number sixteen. Um, but oh, that, that was the one we were making fun of you yeah, last yeah, week. I, and I have you might want to do it. an update on that. I hear, yeah, yes. I mean, wh- let me ask you this: No, but where where is Dan Fouts on your list? <laughs> I got him number three. <laughs> Second, but he's bad. In, he's bad in cold weather. <laughs> I also call him back. Well, what I, Kevin O'Connell said last week was that we were going to evaluate and see which quarterback gives us the best chance to maximize Justin Jefferson. Because he's, they know that the offense runs through Justin Jefferson, and, and they want a quarterback that's going to be able to get him the football. And if Josh Dobbs is not the best at getting the wide receiver the football because he keeps turning the football over or he's missing the route, it's just not a good thrower. Yeah, then then they're going to go to Nick Mullins. Okay, but the fact they didn't. The very fact we're having this debate means mm-hmm. they shouldn't be a road favor. No, well, oh, I, I, have my, I have a derivative on this game. My two eight is on the under in this game. And we know that the Vikings start off slow. They're 11-0-1 to the under in the first quarter this season. We know that the Raiders are 10-2 to the under on their team total this season, so they're not scoring. And both teams are coming off buys, which I think is going to lead to a slow start. So, so do me a favor. Repeat that and be clear about what we're talking team or the whole game. Because now when we start saying quarters and mm-hmm. totals, because total sounds like an over-under, but when it's a team total, it's a team. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so let's talk about the, the full game under. 40 okay. and a half. 40 and a half. Vikings are an under team this year. They're 9-3 and three to the under. The Raiders, as far as them scoring individually, they don't. They've gone 10-2 and two to the under on their personal team total mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. season. So I got a team. I got one team that doesn't score a lot. I got another team that just plays under football games with an improving defense this year. And both of them are coming off buys this season. Mm. When you're a po- when both teams are coming off the buy, the under is four and zero by eight point two five points this season. And if you want to go back ten years, let's go back to twenty twelve. 17 and 13 to the under when both teams are coming off the buys. When both teams are just coming off extended rest this year, so not the 13-day buy, let's let's say eight days or more, so a little over a week. Maybe you play on Thursday or you go to the Monday, whatever. Five and one to the under this year by an average of 5.8 points, 5.08 points of margin. All right, so so, so jumping in, to me the short sample, the one-year stuff, unless it's super extreme, I'm not as interested in it. And we always have that debate, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if we go back to 1990, we're looking at um, 560 and 616. So 560 over, 616 under. So it's 47.6% to the under. Or to, uh, there's only been a 47.6% overs, right? So it's 53.4. So pay no vid and minus 110. I like that. (laughs) Believe it or not, that's way, 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 way more significant than a 4-0. But I've got a sniff here. I think the lateness of the season will matter if both teams are in the bye a lot. So I'm going to take a look at the week breakdown as you finish your handicap, and I'll let you know. So I, I just expect a low-scoring team between these teams. Uh, you know, coming off of the buys for both of them, like I said, I mentioned the Vikings traditionally this season have not got off to fast starts. They are 11-0-1 to the first quarter under. So they're they're starting out slow. Their both teams are ending up slow. I think we wind up getting a low-scoring game here in the desert between two quarterbacks that, frankly, I don't trust to score points in Aiden O'Connell and Josh Dobbs. All right. So, yeah, I was right. Well, kind of right. So if it's week 12 or later and both teams are off a bye, it's 53 overs and 63 unders. 
So it does improve it. But unfortunately, there's some give up games because the over is 1.5 points over. Right, so they score 1.5 more points per game, but the games have skewed where they've been more unders. I'm, I'm okay with that because that goes back to the whole grand salami. Yeah, thing. but the that's a lot. 1.5, I mean, one and a half points a lot. I think that's the pretty much. Yeah, that is a lot get, get, considering that the games went under. But like, like, yeah. but in general, I would expect that it, you're always going to get a positive in any query. And I got two head coaches here. To the over. Well, not a head coach. Well, really. we can look at all games. So you go ahead and yeah. Ooh, let's. I like that. I think the Raiders are certainly in a defensive mindset under Antonio Pierce. Like I think that they'd ra- the focus of their games is on is on mm-hmm. defense. And what Brian Flores has done with this Vikings defense over the past, you know, as the season has progressed, I just like them to to limit Aiden O'Connell. They're going to send a lot of blitzes at Aiden O'Connell, which I think are going to prove to maybe cause some turnovers. Okay, so if we look from 2012 on, and then we'll look back to 1990, um, the points over are .16, so 16 basis points out of 100, and the over-under percentage is 47.9%, and that's for 3,000 games or so. Yeah. All right, so... Um, you're Not looking, as much as I expected, yeah, but so still. Yeah, so the 47.9, in theory, would have a minus... What would you think on the totals? Uh, Half a point. You think? Uh, all right. So we're saying it's skewed because there can be, be a little more, two thirds of a point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's about um, 0.75 or 75 basis points of um, bias towards the over in the points because of the whole concept of you can only score so few, but 70 to 20. It ends up skewing things. So doing the math, if it got a full schedule, 16 games, uh-huh. 16 times 0.75 is 12. Mm-hmm. Add up all the totals on all the games, add 12, and that's what the grand salami number should be. Now, is that what it typically is? Yes. Okay. Actually, it's a little bit less than that. And a little I, bit less. I they, wonder if it, it wins in it, the long yeah, term. Yeah, direct, directionally, the odds maker knows it should be higher than summing the totals, but I don't think they make it 12. I'll, all right, I'll that's interesting. All right, anything? Uh, you you finish your handicap? Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on this one? I just think I, I think both of you. One thing that works in both of your favor for the under and for the Raiders is, I think maybe the value of Justin Jefferson is is being inflated here. Justin Jefferson's never had any reps with Josh Dobbs, so to think that he's just going to come in and be the same receiver he was for Kirk Cousins is nonsensical. So I, I think you're going to see more money on the Vikings, more money on the over than there should be. So I think you guys are getting on the uh, the smart side of that now. <sighs> Lombardi was talking this week, and he was talking about what Bill Walsh used to preach. He said, you want your receiver, your great receiver, to be the last piece of the puzzle. Because if a receiver is great and they're not getting the ball, they cause trouble. Hmm. Right? So let's think about the Raiders themselves. Right? They brought in a great receiver, paid through the nose, probably a little prematurely off a playoff uh, appearance that was maybe a little fluky, or it was a little fluky, I think. And now what do we got? It feels like getting the receiver the ball becomes the priority for the Raiders, who's the quarterback, is all dictated. Now the fact that the Vikings seem to have an, a little bit of drama in-house, I think we can envision what it was. Dobbs isn't better for getting the ball to Jefferson so we'll start the other guy. Oh, wait a minute. The other guy did something we they didn't like. Let's go back to Dobbs. 
What's Jefferson thinking now? Is the locker room split? This and Jefferson's a guy that could have played and basically said, I'm not playing until I'm 100%. Was that him or the team or I both? I think that's him. Well, I oh. think the team, or maybe it was lip service, but they were making, you know. So it does feel like you got to put a little bit of a question mark by, you know, is there continuity in the locker room for this game only? I'm not saying that mm-hmm. the Vikings are spiraling out of control, but we can't think changing course from Monday to, I mean, it does feel like you don't often see coaches say one thing and do the other. And it did feel like we were trending towards Dobbs yeah. not starting. But, you know, I, uh, yeah, I said, in fact, I'm going to say this. I'll be the first one to commit to my one weight. My one weight will be the Raiders here because I liked it. I just wasn't sure what was going on. And here we are. Next game. Next game, Scott has a three-weight. RJ has a two-weight total on Indy minus one at Cincy. Scott, you've got the you heavier something? weight. We've heard a lot from Scott. Let's go to a Faz one, then we'll go to Scott. We're going out of order. All right, let's go to uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Fezzik's one weight. Yeah, so from a pure power rating perspective, I'm actually going against my power ratings. I have Kansas City, the slightly better team, so I've got KC laying two and a half. But I got to tell you, I think it's circle the wagon time. The Buffalo Bills need this game like blood. They're off the bye. <laughs> they're, they're staring at the difficult schedule upcoming, and they absolutely have to win this game. And I get it. It's very difficult to go against Mahomes. So who's your pick? Buffalo plus one oh, okay. half, one weight. Um, and, it's wow. all, and, and, and it's all about uh, Buffalo seasons. Basically, they're done so if they don't win this game. They're not going to be able to run the table if they lose this one. And I expect a max effort by the Bills here. With, against What's the, your power rating say? Kansas City minus two and a half. Okay. So you're I'm bucking. Taking your... one half. I'm bucking my power. That's why I might swim my one weight. Yeah, but I mean, let's think of a pick of mine you didn't have. Because I want to I want to see if I can convince you. Because uh, I I like Oh, I'm the, flexible. I can I, change. I mean, it was it was my lowest one. I mean, let's think about it. So you can tell me what you feel. I'll go with Philly. I well, like hold, Philly. I, yeah, and we don't want to make it where we're all in the same play. Read my why plays not? off. You got my plays right there. Yep. Uh, RJ's five weight Cleveland. All right. So did you have Cleveland? No. What's your thoughts on why not? Well, he already has a play in that game. He's got the under. Yeah, That's I, fine. I not why not, to. though? Oh. No, there's no reason why not. I agree with it. I All agree right, with everything. Uh, Philly, your four weight. Right. Chicago, your three weight. You're on, that, right? on Chicago. And then, uh, yeah, it's a total tonight. Okay. Yep. And I'm going with you. Okay. Well, I, Screw I, it. I'm going to Philly. We're going Philly. Go to Philly. Philly is my one weight. And I mean, I didn't have a good week here on the pod last week. Negatory. Wednesday back. On the Buffalo. Yes. Because here's the thing. I think at a certain point when every game's a must win, I think it starts being, well, who? it's it almost must not like, be that good. Yeah, if you're like a, a POW and every day you're getting tortured, at some point, I'm not saying it gets easier, but at some point it's like, yeah, this is Tuesday. This is not right? an analogy I would have come up with. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is it, it feels like the, the, the must win only matters if it's different than the week before and the week before. You can't always be must win. Yeah. And I mean, the, I've been and here. Legitimately, I, w- I will bet Philly. Uh, plus the three and a half, and I won't bet Buffalo plus one and a half. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm guessing you're of of the uh, belief that Buffalo's great for a teaser at this number. Like once it got off the three, but got... yeah, because it's a long teaser, it's not really fair. You know, it's like I need a reason not to play a long teaser. Which you know, another way, Stanford Wong's the first guy to say, "Hey, look how good this is." Um, I, you know, advantage teaser, I think, is probably the better word for it because people intrinsically understand, oh, it's an, you know, there's an advantage to the numbers that it is. Plus, there's an unknown guy named Don Pazinski that actually wrote, like, like a little manual about this that Stanford Wong was buddies with. So it was really a Don Pazinski teaser. But, that, but wasn't, that, wasn't that Stanford Wong, though? 
No, Don Pazinski was. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but Stanford Wong's real name is like as American as you can. I mean, he's, John Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. So that's great a, guy. You got to. Oh, I believe it. You got to remember. That's Fez telling you he knows Stanford Wong. Is um, <laughs> but but let me ask you this. What do you think there w- it was about him making the name so evidently Asian? I know this. Um, I think I he recall. was thinking people think Asians are good at math. They take it more seriously. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but you got to wonder, was it that Craven? Have I ever said Craven before with you, Fats? I'm thinking about Wes Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know Craven? I know craving like food and craving something else. <laughs> That's pretty. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, for Fez, that was funny. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say one of one of the things when Fez was <laughs> talking Fez. about it needs it like blood. And one thing I will say. So this is, is you defending Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Well, I listen. I I probably <laughs> like Buffalo too. I. I but uh, it's not one of your picks. It's not one of my picks. But is that like PTSD? You've been damaged by it. No. Uh, Are you gonna play the Bills or the Chargers the rest of the year? I played the Bills. Two weeks ago, and it hurt you, didn't it? No, I won. Oh, okay. But you're against a fan. the Eagles. But you're a fan. Every everybody won on that game. I landed on the number. <laughs> yeah, yeah but he's, I hear you. Go ahead. But uh, and I'll probably win this week because I've got Bills plus three. But uh oh, ten dollar fine. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm but, serious. Time to put the fine in. Okay. <laughs> but I I also think that like when he said they need it like blood, what we saw in that Eagles game was Josh Allen said, "Fuck it, I'm running." And something that they'd been hesitant to let him cut loose and run, and they were trying to save him or whatever. Josh Allen ran for almost 90 yards against the Eagles. I think we're going to see a lot of Josh Allen running going forward because they're in desperation mode. But I've been hearing that for a long time, too. Yeah. The whole premise was you can't run all the time or he's going to get hurt, right? Yeah. So Fuck that's it. changed? It doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter now. He can take the next four weeks off if he loses this game. <laughs> Well, is that really true? No, Why they, would this game be so more. important? Because they're six and six. six and I six. know, but I mean, they were, they were. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, what do you think they need? Look at because last week was they good. Need ten. Last week was good for them. I think they got bad tie breaks. I think they need ten. Uh, I don't know. Um, Mackenzie, are you with us? What's up? Yeah. Um, can you put up Craven for Faz so he can learn a word? Yes. Thank I, you. You know it's uh you know how to spell it? There we go. What does it say, Fess? Contempt contemptibly lacking in courage, cowardly. Oh, a craven abdication of his moral duty. I don't like that. Yeah, it's craven. I gotta be smart to be understand that 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 <laughs> sentence. Abdication. Now I gotta look at abdication. <laughs> it's a wormhole from here, right? <laughs> Next game. Uh, it's the Indianapolis-Cincinnati game, Scott's three-weight game on Cincy. Haven't we heard enough? Oh, no, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk. I, I'm on the Bengals here, and I'm going to take the point at home. I really liked what I saw from Jake Browning uh, on Monday against the Jaguars. I've got the total on this game, by the way. Yeah, I, I really thought that Zach Taylor took the week of preparation with Browning at quarterback and really, you know— designed a good game plan for him. There was a lot of short passes, which led to a lot of early completions. Uh, on, like, the first drive or so, uh, Jamar Chase had, like, five catches for 11 yards. So everything was a lot of dink and dunks. But 
that built up his confidence because then he was able to attack down the field and he wind up th- winds up throwing for 354 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions against a pretty decent Jaguars defense. Joe Mixon ran the ball effectively. I love the commitment to the run game from the Bengals. And this is uh, not something that Zach Taylor has uh, is a stranger to as far as pulling off big upsets and then having success after that. A couple of years ago, without Joe Burrow, they beat the Steelers as a 14-and-a-half-point dog. Sorry to remind you, Mm -hmm, RJ. mm -hmm. Uh, But then the following week, they were underdogs again against the Texans, and they won that game as well. So that showed me that a team had confidence around the backup quarterback, got a win as a big-time dog, and then rolled over that confidence into the following week. I think that's what we're going to see here. I think you get a better team performance from the Bengals coming after that win. And here's an interesting stat that I saw online that I had to actually double-check myself because I didn't believe it. When Gardner Minshew is the starting quarterback and the opposing team scores 21 points, that's only three touchdowns, people. His team's straight up 2-19. and So that Browns game was the exception then, was one of them, right? Because, uh, well, no, they lost that game, didn't they? Yeah, okay. So last week they beat the Titans. That was just Gardner Minshew's second career win when the opposing team scored 21 points or more. He's got small hands, too. So, (laughs) based on what I saw from the Bengals last week against the Jaguars, I'm going to pencil them in for three touchdowns in this game, and i like them to win it outright. I I almost pressed a button on you, to be honest. I I lean to the Colts pretty heavy here. Push it! It's fun! Make the case. Like, we talked about in Detroit. No, you can't push the button on him. (laughs) In Detroit and Tennessee, like, Detroit is the indoor team that's built to play indoors. And Tennessee, you know, or excuse me, Detroit and Chicago. Chicago's the outdoor team built to play outdoors. Indy is an indoor team built to play outdoors. Why? Because they have a bad quarterback? Because they're good in the trenches. Are they, though? I I think 100% they are. Let's go up to – let's look at some various – because I would make the case that the Colts are below average on the O-line this year. And I know that sounds shocking considering what last year was supposed to be. But let's look at, I mean. 22nd in EPA and success rate running the football. Okay, but we can can zero in on. PFF? Yeah, PFF gives line grades. Um why don't you look up – DVOA has a line grade element to it. And, Mackenzie, you want to get the PFF one? And as far as defense is concerned in those trenches, 27th and 30th against the run. Mackenzie, you want to do that for me? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, so you look, you're look. you looking up the – Yeah, I'll look up the DVOA. Yeah. So uh, let me give my handicap, then we can double back to the trenches. Um, I like the over in this game. And, and I like, you know <laughs> – my one way could have been Cincinnati. So I actually like Cincinnati a good bit here. I've seen power ratings that I respect that has Cincy the better team here, even with the quarterback situation. Fez, what's your number say? So I got Indy, the number 15 team, and I have Cincinnati. Ooh, can that be right? One second. I that might seems have, way I might, too I'm, low. Yeah, one second. I got, I got Cincy the number 20 team. Okay. I got, I got them two, uh, one, one and a half points apart. All right. So... The question is, how much do we upgrade Browning from for one week? There's danger in that, right? So Pittsburgh, they fire Canada, yeah, the whole country, and then they have a great game, or at least statistically a good game against this very Bengals team, and then it's like, oh, see, the shackles are off. Well, they looked horrible last week against Arizona, one of the worst defenses. So one week does not make a career, does not make a you know a trend. 
But boy, it looks better than if he had a bad week. Sure. Right? So I don't know if it's a 50% chance this is the truth or a 40 or a 60, but you've got to blend it. Well, he threw for more yards. Yeah. You read this than, than um, ended any Bengal quarterback did, yeah. all year long. So so it's a real true if, – if, if it's a fluke, it's a true massive outlier. Yeah, it's one game. Right, but I think it. I think the upgrade is at least a point off of that because at least because if it's the truth, it's probably like, what a four point upgrade right. if this is his truth. So we know that probably isn't the case. All right, so now I want to talk about how he's changed though his approach because Browning's a dot when he came in against Baltimore was over ten yards, so average depth of target over ten yards. His a dot the next game was at like eight and a half yards. I'm going from memory here. His eight out the last two games have been like in the three yard range, so it wasn't it just wasn't as successful the game before. But he's been now dump Dinkin and Duncan, and when you think of the playmakers they have, maybe that's enough to be an average offense because they the Bengals have great playmakers. Yeah, right? look at what happened. I mean, Jamar Chase with the long catch and run for the touchdown, just put the ball in your best player's hands. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now. I've got a so so I like the over because of that and obviously the Colts score and, and Minshew's a wild man. It does I mean he's going to put points up, it, but he feels like a Winston without the pedigree. Right? He, he's got small hands and not a big arm, but he's going to he doesn't care. You know, like he'll throw. Usually a quarterback almost throws an interception. They get they settle down for a couple plays. He'll just go right back with a crazier throw after that, which kind of goes with the mustache and the whole. You had a what was your nickname for him? The stash. The stash. Yeah, there you go. So when you're the stash, you don't care about interceptions apparently. But I've got a prop I'm going to add on to it. I love this prop. Love, love, love it. Joe Mixon over receptions and. And w- that would go to the lower A dot. Yes, it will. <laughs> but it, but here's the thing: he actually had. Um, so actually, receptions isn't up yet, as far as I could see. I looked at DraftKings in a couple places, um, but the yardage is up, and it's like twenty-one and a half. So we'll book it at twenty-one. Well, I guess it's not even an official pick because we don't do props as official picks. But I like over in both of those. I would tend two and a half. I would think catches. If it's 21. Oh, okay. Is that what you think? Okay. Um, Two and a half, yeah. So three. Last, no, it's not going to be three. I don't, in fact, I'm almost certain. I mean, because at twenty three at 20, I mean, his average, his career average per reception is like eight and a half yards. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Two and a half. Yeah. Because yeah, it was like Perfect. 22. Yeah. Um, and again, not saying that's necessarily, you know, exactly. So, what we got here, Mackenzie? What are you giving us? Uh, the Colts blocking you on it. Oh, okay, okay. So what do we got on that? Uh, their fifth best rush blocking and the twelfth best pass blocking. Wow. So it's getting. So this is PFF is giving it better than I would think. Um, okay. What's it, that, Cincy? No, no, that was the Colts. I know. I was. So they, I was asked because so I was saying this. Oh, oh. In a trench game, they've got advantage in the trenches. I was going to see what the uh, what the gap was. If only, if only the PFF scores added up and made you money because. They actually say when you look at their power ratings, which is just an aggregation of all their, it's like the worst power rating. They can't find something. Sure, because the quarterback is like so important. But but it's weighted. They weighted. it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. They have actually done innovative, PFF has done innovative work on things like positional value and stuff. They, they're they very good at it. It's just, I, I don't know if ignoring, it feels like this, the thing I like about PFF is it measures something nothing else measures, mm-hmm. which is technique. 
you know, is is it's almost like scouting. They're saying, did this guy do the right thing? Doesn't matter yeah. how the play went. Well, like I mean, Lane Johnson is incredible at, at tackle, right? And mm-hmm. you can look at the game last week against the 49ers, and he was phenomenal against both Bosa and against Chase Young. The Eagles got blown out. Yeah, but, but but my point would be if you're measuring characteristics, does he do this, does he do this, whatever, you've got to feel good. You comprehensively understand what makes up winning or you're only going to be measuring a portion of it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's valuable because no one else is trying to measure this that's public that I know of, but it it by itself isn't enough. So I think it augments things well. And I'm, you know— Obviously, whatever impression I had, this makes me think otherwise. The Colts were better than I thought. But again, I do know this too, that when a player has a pedigree, there's a tendency in the close calls to give him the edge, whereas if it's an unknown, you're going to be more inclined. I mean, think about the All-Star game, right? I mean, usually the the players that make three or four end up making 12 or 13 if they keep playing because there's a sense of, oh, yeah, right? So, you know, I don't know how much PFF tries to counter that because, I mean, think about blind resume stuff in, in things like the NCAA tournament is if it's Duke or North Carolina, you think, oh, yeah, they lost that game by six, but that was a tough spot. But if it's some other team, it's like, yeah, they lost, they suck. I mean, I mean, you agree with that, yep, don't you? I agree. I mean, in general, so all of this is human, the foibles of humanity. Uh, DVOA, the adjusted line yards for rushing offensive uh, offense, Indy is 13, since he's 20. Defense, Indy 17, since he's 28. All right, so they're saying more average. So, yeah. So we, I'd say it looks like they're around 12 or 13, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't think they're that good. I think they're a lot better than Cincy. I don't know. What was Cincy's on yours again? I didn't hear. Uh, 20th on offense, 28th on defense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't – I think there's more – but here's the thing. Minshew's going to throw 65% of the time regardless, right? It's not like the weather so – it's, is it that bad? I mean, I don't – I think of all the weather – It game, improved. It was yeah, going to be bad, and it's improved. It says chance of showers, 13-mile-per-hour winds. Oh, 13, yeah. So that's, that's a factor, but I think it probably – I mean, if you say – let's agree the Colts are a little better in the trenches. Now the question is how does that weigh against – being used to the weather or not. Because when you're a dome team, you know, and plus all these guys are indoors. It's, it's funny, Fez. I wonder if we got to reevaluate some of this. There used to be, not that long ago, a lot of teams didn't have practice facilities yeah. where you could go indoor. I mean, I think they were talking about in Chicago for a long time that they were practicing outside. Madness. All the time, all winter. And, boy, you'd be ready for that cold, right? But right now, when are you out in the cold? Seems like every on, team on your walk from the stadium yeah. to the practice facility. Yeah. It's yeah. like a story now when they practice outdoors. It's like they're practicing outdoors to prepare for the weather. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Was that your newscaster voice? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, but it's something to consider for sure. I think it's different than it was years ago. Okay. So here I, I do like Mixon over in both. And if you look at his targets, his targets. Both past receptions and past reception yards. Yes. And um, if I had a preference there, you know, I actually would split it half and half, to be honest. I was leaning towards receptions, but, you know, um, as I've thought about it, I was impressed with some of these. Is He's been running with some vigor because odds are he's not, Mixon's not back with Cincy next year, is the odds. So he figures out do I get one more contract or not a big one, maybe, but, um, but it does seem like. If you have like eight targets, I think. Can you get the exact target? It was seven. Yeah, you six, get six catches on seven targets for 49 yards. 
Yeah, and when you're getting dump-offs, you're going to catch 75% of your targets. New quarterback mixins year-to-date numbers don't matter with Burrow. All that matters is what he does with Browning. And I think if you think about how successful Browning was, yeah. you're probably going to do about the same, right? Mm-hmm. He's done over the 21 and a, and a half, which was his, his which is his receiving yardage prop in the three games with Browning, 31, 44, 49. Yeah, so I, I think the market hasn't caught up to it. And I will say this, I would not go with Mixon rushing because I have a couple of these like real niche fantasy guys that you got to pay for on Substack, but they write like 2,000 words about like the third string running back kind of people. And there's a guy named Brown. Yeah, Chase Brown. Okay, mm-hmm. who, who's like the backup running back. Mm-hmm. Apparently... The fir- five of the first plays of the game, four, f- five of the first runs, four went to Brown, one to Mix, and it looks like they're trying to work him in running the ball. I think he went over last week because just because the game went overtime. We talking about Mix and rushing, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think I like under necessarily, but I don't like the over mm-hmm. be- because it does seem like he's catching the ball more. But if you're catching the ball, you're not running the ball. Next game. Houston minus three and a half at the Jets. No weights on this one. You know, you were. It looked like you were doing breathing exercises right there. You went. Have you ever done voiceover work? I have. What was this? I mean, not just reading commercials for Houston Radio. I mean, did you ever? Yeah, I did. Like, what uh, was it? Um, I did a couple. Like one for one was for like a chocolate company. So, was it, how old were you when you did that? Oh, I was. I was already in radio. Yeah, but uh, but it was, was early. Like 25, 26. So yeah. they and how much did you get paid? Uh, that was probably, even if it was like 150 bucks. I think it was like 400 bucks. Imagine, so you're like 25 years old. Yeah. And you walk in, talk for how long? I mean, I I did I, I had to send three takes, so I said I sent three 60 seconds. So they let you record it at, uh, like at your local studio. Yeah. Or whatever. So you were in Austin. Yep. And you told the engineer, "Hey, I need you for five minutes." Yep. How much did you pay him? I mean, he was he was salaried. I didn't have to pay. Him. <laughs> It's his job. So you said you got extra work yeah. over here, uh. and then you said how long was the commercial? Like 30 60 se- seconds. You read it three times and collected 400 bucks. Yes. You thought this is easier than the Army. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might, might try and stick with this. Then the gravy train stopped. They said, you're no good at the voiceover. No, actually, I actually still had a guy. Like, a, So one of the guys that was my intern in Austin, eventually he worked for— Did he for, work for free for you, too? He, worked, he did. Well, he was an intern, <laughs> but he became like an agent. And like a voiceover agent, yeah. But he now like is an actual a talent agent. He's the guy who tried to get me in a movie. That what? Uh, yeah, that uh, Oz. No, it was not Oz. <laughs> uh, but it was a it was a superhero movie, oh. and I was gonna be like the villain. Uh, no, I wasn't gonna be like the main villain, but I was gonna be one of the bad yeah. guys. So <laughs> Henchman <laughs> number four. Yeah, he looked at you and thought villain. Yeah. But I do too. So I ended up not doing it, and it, the movie ended up being really bad. So I'm kind of glad I didn't. No, I think you should be. I think it'd be better if you were there and there was a chance Scorsese saw you and said, "That guy, blow the think, roof." I don't think Scorsese saw this up movie. there. Blow the roof. All the better. <laughs> <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. It's almost like we're doing Batman villains from the '60s TV yeah, show. Yeah. Blow the roof. I like Mr. Freeze. He was cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was cool, huh? <laughs> no, I don't think he meant that. Actually, oh. did you mean it? Yeah. Did Johnny tell you that joke? No. <laughs> he almost looked to say, "Yeah." All right. So what we know is your voiceover career was short-lived. It was. You know that's a big business. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I could never do it, but I'll give that agent my number. I mean, I've, I've hung around with, like, 
for just whatever reason at the LA ESPN, there was a couple voiceover people and they were around when I, you know, so maybe three or four nights, they, they were like putting towels around their throat and stuff. If it gets a little mm-hmm. cold, they're drinking water and lemon all the time. A little honey. I mean, yeah, the fact they make good money, but there's all kind of technical, like, you know, the ISDN's dropping off now is how, what's your recording setup? What, mm-hmm. What's your Adobe? Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's a real, um, it's a weird thing because most people do it at home, it yeah. seems like. So now it's like it's every little thing matters, but they're letting it be. So in a way, if you're good at the production, it probably gets you halfway there. Yeah, what we used to do is there was, there's a, a very famous voiceover talent that does all. He did all of the ESPN networks. He did a bunch of TV stations okay. and everything. And there was like a... Like a I guess you call it like an FTP site okay. where you can you would email this guy at whenever time of the day and just say, "Hey, I need this recorded." So he was on he was he was on retainer. On retainer, but for like all like hundreds of stations around he the was country. On for mine. And you would just yeah. and you would just literally just log on to the site and and the audio would just be there. And you've got a limit of like how what can you send him? How many times can you send him something in a month? And that like depending on what level you so pay for. So he's just hanging out like Rodney Dangerfield in a robe, no underwear probably. <laughs> and like uh, he just got two more in, goes up and says him and he goes back to watch Price is Right. Yeah. But he's probably doing like however many a day. Wait. I just think it's amazing when when you would listen to these, they're all like different takes and it's just funny to hear them go through all the takes. So when you get back the the actual mm-hmm. they give you multiple ones and you've got to pick the you one. Edit it. Yeah. And yeah. then your your production coordinator whoever. But does, does he that. send more than one back to let you decide? Yep. Or mm-hmm. okay. That's interesting. And and so you're seeing the way he does it differently. Yeah. And and, wow. and it's funny because their voice on the voiceover is not what their speaking voice is. Well, a lot of that's the production. Yeah, yeah. but it's just it'll be like, okay, so uh, well, it's probably R.J. Like Bell's dream preview. R.J. Bell's dream preview. The, okay, the, that's take number one. Like, Let's go to take guy. number two. That's yeah, funny. in a world far, far away. There's actually a movie called In a World that was about voiceover people, but the old the guy was like sixty and going, you know, bald and fat, and he was like the champion, the best guy. Uh-huh. But his daughter was trying to break into the business. It was pretty good. It was actually well. It's called in in a world. Yeah, I heard of the movie, and I, I don't think I've ever saw it though. But I know, I know, I know of it. It showed the quirks of all the people mm-hmm. in that industry. It was it was fun actually. And then it was like there was one other guy that was good. So the two old guys hated each other. <laughs> but let me ask you this last question: Is as a aspiring radio guy or a guy coming up the ranks at the time? Did you listen to that and learn anything about the different ways you I mean, it seems like something I'd be interested to listen to just to kind of see how they do, like see the different approaches they might take. Yeah, I think I emulated a bunch of things when it came to just doing takes of liners or reads by myself. So when you have a handicap you don't like and you try to slow it down, do you ever use those techniques? No. <laughs> Three, way to one. Do my voice swing around that trap. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. All right. <clears throat> Houston minus three and a half at the Jets. All right. So now, guys, we're officially at the place where there's no picks. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've got my one weight in. You got yours in, right, Fed? I do. I'm with I you. I do not have mine in yet. So, but you got to decide. It's time. I understand. Uh, I'll, AJ, I'll, you got your mine's one. in. What is it? Atlanta minus one. Was that it coming in? So no one convinced you of anything. No one convinced me of anything. Imagine that, a villain. See, I left myself I left myself open to be convinced. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Jets here. Going back to Zach Wilson at quarterback. Okay. All right. Yeah. How How will the team react, Scott? Because I have no idea. I have no idea either. All I know Great. is that is that no one is happy with the media reports surrounding this team. 
uh, a lot went on in New York radio this past week where um, a former New York radio host, Joe Beningo, called into oh, his old station. WFAN. I liked him. He quit. Like, in the, so the guy that was the gambler like, that was gone, that used to be with the morning show Boomer, right? And then he went off yeah. to like rehab. Yeah, Carton. Yeah, Carton. Yep. He's now the one on that pretty much. Re- oh, he's on. So he left that station. Yeah, he's on uh, Fox How long TV. ago was this? A couple years ago. Two years ago, maybe. But how long was he back with the station? Because he was back and it was, was a huge deal. He was back for about maybe a year or two. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So He's that on Bene- FS1 now. That Benego went to Florida or something. Yeah, right? Benego retired. But they, but, but they, come on, they shoved him out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but okay. So he had called into uh, the station to report that he was texting with Robert Sala. And he was, and Robert Sala gave, he was texting about his record and everything going on with the quarterback situation. And Robert Sala gave him a list of all the coaches and what their records were without their starting quarterback. Basically defending himself, saying, I can't win without my starting quarterback. Sala is really worried yeah. about this stuff. Jeez. And then Beningo said that he asked Sala, well, what about going back to Wilson? And Robert Sala's response was, are you kidding me? Question mark. So then that got out into the the public, and Robert Sala has to go and make a press conference, retract, like say, I didn't say that. Beningo calls back into the station to say, I misinterpreted what he said. He didn't mean it like that. Is that your New York accent? That's my Beningo accent. <laughs> yeah. So he's, got a, he's actually got an imitation. Yeah. And he was saying that Robert Sala wasn't saying that he didn't trust Zach Wilson. He was just saying, well, wait a minute. You you called for him to be benched, and now you want me to start him? Which I think this is complete. This is all false. There's so much drama around the New York Jets right now. What's false? That, what part do you think? That there was a misinterpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Robert Sala was legitimately telling somebody that he considered a friend, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, but if you're talking to, to the press, I mean. But he's but, not a member of the media. He's a retired guy. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure if he, it was convenient, he'd say. Sure. So, so, But here's my question. Isn't that wrong of him? To, I mean, I, that's weird that he, why, do you think he was right, Beningo? And, and no. Cohen? And a lot of people have called him out for it. And again, he had to go on the air and make a retractment, uh, a retract the statement. But then Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show and talks about how all these leaks in the Jets organization is not behavior of winning organizations. Well, you know, I mean, listen, the, the, apparently the most talented quarterback by some accounts ever to walk onto the field has won Super Bowl, so he knows about winning. Yeah, and so he's very critical now of the Jets organization, and he's like, whoever's leaking the information, coaches, players, whatever, it's got to stop. He's criticizing the whole locker room and, and everybody I want no part of the Jets at all for the rest of the season. Mm. This thing is going to get blown up at the end of the year. And if Aaron Rodgers Blown is, up how, though? Robert Sala will be gone. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers is back, that means If that he's back, he's back. If he wants to, he will be. What are you hoping he, he cries? He wants he, to he come t- back this year. <laughs> if, he went, yeah, if he wants the $50 million, he deferred or so whatever. So then what makes me very upset is that means Nathaniel Hackett will be back. But- I think Robert Sala is gone, and I think other changes will be made within the Jets organization as well. Joe Douglas? Is that what you're implying? Possibly. Are you or, reporting or, this? Or coordinators. Are you reporting? Oh, coordinate. Listen, yeah. whenever the head coach goes, mm-hmm. the coordinators go. Sure. Except Nathaniel Hackett. Except Nathaniel Hackett, who might become the next head coach just for Aaron That'd be hilarious, actually. That would be great. Would you like that? No, I would not. <laughs> Now, did Aaron Rodgers know that Sala was mixed up where he was at the center of seemingly the quote-unquote leaks his, at the time? Well, his interview with McAfee came after that whole WFN So this is him, that's him cutting Sala loose. Yes. 
Okay. And, and, and also, then there was the reports about whether Z- the, the Athletic came out with the report saying that Zach Wilson didn't want to play. And then Robert Sala had to come out and defend that and say, no, 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 he wants to play. He came into my office. He wants to play. You know what, something? This actually is very interesting because it would take a real strong spirit to know that no one wants you. It's probably the head or the owners that said, let's go back, right? Because apparently it was the owners putting pressure to keep him in, right? Because that's Sala saying, I'll take the fifth on radio. Where Sala doesn't seem to operate very well in the media landscape. It's gone from bad to worse. All this is leading me to say that whatever the number is against the Jets, I'm taking it every game for the rest of the year. Jeez. This team is a disaster right now. But the D's been playing pretty good. I mean, like you, I, I've been waiting. And for the, the weather's going to be crappy. You like and, the under a little bit? Um, yeah, but everyone likes the under. It's free falling downward. Mackenzie, now answer this not from any inside information you have, but rather reading the 49ers boards, their discords, various fan pages and such that you read is what was Solid's reputation the last day with the 49ers? Great. 2019 defense was one of the best defenses. People always compared it to the Super Bowl defense in 2012. Makes sense. Both teams made the Super Bowl. One of the best defensive coordinators in the 49ers history was the idea. Did somehow we speed up his record? Did we play him back at one and a half speed? That was fast. All right. So it was great. We got You got that, AJ? Got All right. So what, what are we doing here? We, 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 I don't like this game. I mean, I, I, here's one thing I would say about this game. I'm not sure you wouldn't look to play a same-game parlay that the Jets get crushed. Meaning like 80-1, to 100-1 to one kind of thing. C.J. Stroud over like multiple touchdowns, all this stuff. And... Because I think the, four, the Jets could give up on D if they get down in the game. If they're if they're in the game, they, they're going to keep fighting. They get down fourteen, it could be thirty. Can I look at safety props? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good one too. The Jets, but that would be yeah. The Jets have more safeties on defense this year in the first quarter than they've scored offensive touchdowns in the first quarter. Well, I actually did a little safety work before last week's game with the Falcons. Now this is from twenty twenty one on, so twenty one, twenty two, and almost this full season now. Three, a little less than three years. The Jets have five safeties. Their defense is scored, okay? Uh, or Created. C- created safeties? Uh, yeah, we'll Forced say, safeties. Yeah, forced safety. I think, eh, I don't know. What is a safety? What's the verb of a safety? Caused a safety. I always say they got a safety. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so they got, they've gotten. <laughs> Their opponents surrendered a safety. Yeah. Five. five. Atlanta's second in that era with three. No other team has more than two. So the Jets have more safeties in the last three seasons than the next two teams combined, or as, as many as the next two teams oh my combined. goodness. So we had the Falcons and the Jets. Why didn't we bet any time safety? I spent an hour on it in the morning. Oh, I didn't know there was an entertainment. Is there any time safety? I'm pretty sure we could have found it somewhere. That wasn't on DraftKings, but here's what I was <laughs> That's thinking. That's usually Super Bowl only. Yeah. Here's what I was thinking of doing. Both teams have a safety on a same game parlay, <laughs> and you know the first the first uh, score of the game was a safety, yeah. and and it, it should have paid like we figured like 130 to one, and it only was paying um, 75 to one. So I could I just in good conscience I couldn't do it. <laughs> I would have been so excited if it would. <laughs> I mean, how great would it have been? I don't know. We're saying both teams get a safety. That's pretty wild. But I do think it's worth looking at the Jets, looking at the O line. 
of the teams they play, looking at the quarterback, does he hold the ball too long? You know, all those things. Because I think at like 11 or 12 to 1, which is the typical in game, it may, I mean. So let's look at it against the Commanders. All right. A couple we'll weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. How? Yeah. All right. So what's your one way? Are we going to get that at some point? I'm leaning towards Cleveland. I mean, we, still have, one more, for we the, oh, still have one more game one to discuss. More game. So I might be sold on something. All I don't right. know. Go ahead. Green Bay minus six and a half at the Giants on All Monday right. night. Let me take this one. You got anything good on this, Fez? You can start if you want. Yeah, the power ratings make it seven, but I'm not. There's no way in hell I'm betting Green Bay here because they just you know had to tear down the goalpost, huge win and flat spot for Green Bay. Lean Giants, but the numbered power ratings don't support it. Scott, I'm going to give you a, an assignment. Okay. Now you've worked here for what a couple months? <laughs> two years? Uh, two, no, it's not two full years. Has not it? two full years. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have never given you an assignment, have I? Not to take home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I've said, you know, get me a drink. No. Mm. All right. I want you mm-hmm. to figure out how we can replicate Fez's voice, because I know there's the different AIs out there yes. where if you talk, mm. but I want a decent one. Okay. All right. And then we need, and he, he'll need to maybe read five pages or maybe more than that one we were playing with. And then we can record beforehand the power ratings and have a, you know, in a way, a fake Fez and Fez and see when he's getting tired at the end of the night if he's any different. Okay. Because <laughs> when, when, when he goes, well, based upon my power ratings, and he just gave two, I thought an AI could do that. I'd like it better if they argued. Oh, well, that's like. <laughs> Fez arguing with AI Fez. That's a bullshit number. <laughs> you know what we could do? We could have your arguments with Fez next week done with Fez against Fez. And then Fez thinks, oh, I, I think maybe I have a bad number on there. And he's like, damn right, you've got a bad number. <laughs> but could we have an avatar that replicates the smug look on their face when they say it? That might be different. We might be a few years from that. What do you think, Fez? I don't know. The clock strikes midnight and Fez checks out. <laughs> Fake Fez, what do you think? <laughs> You know what? I'm mistaken. <laughs> so you you take do you accept the assignment? I accept the assignment. This isn't in three weeks. It's next week. I got it. I was gonna give it to AJ, but he's got college basketball. You don't handicap. I know you got hockey, but you're fine. I got it. We'll we'll take care of it. All right. You up for that, Fez? Up for it. And then you you'll be obsolete. <laughs> All right. So what do we? Right, you got yours. I actually like. <laughs> My power ratings say no. I actually really like the Giants here. I mean, are we going to wake up to the fact they're playing pretty good? I mean, you said earlier, Fez, you go, you said um, Caroline is the worst team, right? With the Giants, when have you ever said a team which won two games in a row is the worst team? Or have they won two in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what? Four games ago, Mackenzie, pop up the the uh, Giants schedule here. They be they played competitively with Buffalo not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, they should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me that Day Dayball is really good with when he's undermanned, when he's undergunned. And it, isn't that what we're seeing here? Yeah, and they're sticking with Tommy DeVito, even though that Tyrod Taylor's back practicing. Which that tells you something there, doesn't it? Well, they've won two straight games. They believe in them. Yeah, but they I would... don't buy that. Do you well, buy that? I don't think they would. Because I heard Taylor was going to start even before. The, if they would have came out with an announcement, if we had no idea what Taylor was going to do and they announced it, that could be all fun and games just to make it look good for DeVito. But the fact the rumors were Taylor was coming back, now they've chosen otherwise, tells me there's something to it. I don't know. It could be that this is a home game on Monday night and the fans seem to have embraced Tommy DeVito. 
He's become a nice story. You know, goes to Subway North shops, Jersey kids, signs still living jerseys. In, still living at home with his parents. Uh, you think the billion dollar, I mean, if they thought Taylor had a 1% chance to win the game, I think he's in. Because <laughs> if anything, let DeVito have that. If he gets crushed on Monday night, like Seattle crushed the Giants on the Monday night, that, that story has a different ending. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I agree with you, RJ, in terms of a spot. This yeah. just screams Giants, you know, sneak up on the— on Off a bye. Yeah, and the Giant, and, and the Packers just fat, drunk, and happy off those back-to-back huge wins. I mean, we can look at the look-ahead on this game, but I— Ooh, I, now, the, now the look-ahead—I know I looked at my portfolio, mm-hmm. okay? And at one of the books here in Vegas that has games of the year, I have the, the Green Bay Packers, not minus one and a half, plus one and a half. That was about— Six weeks ago, and I've got the minus three like three weeks ago. Okay, well, right. The look ahead in this game was four and a half. We're up to six and a half, and the Giants were on a bye. <laughs> right? So, obviously, and six is a key number or a quasi key oh, number. Oh, yeah. So I think that we'll get seven too. It's a, it, it's an it, island. What it's a it's a double island game on Monday night. Let me put this in: is seven. You, your discretion, Fez, gobble we'll it up for it. me. We'll, we'll get seven. All right. All right. Because I like seven. W- can, I make, can I make the seven my one way? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the one thing I'll say about Green Bay, they had a PFF had an injury thing, which is war, war loss, which is replacement value type. So it weights the injuries. And the t- Green Bay was one of the most injured teams so you think about it, this team's on the way to the playoffs, the Packers, and they are one of the two or three most injured teams by that metric. That's pretty strong as yeah. they get guys back, et cetera. I know one of the receivers got banged up but uh, last week, I think. But um, I lean strongly to the Giants. It would be a pick for, or a bet for me at seven. So Matt LaFleur, and a lot of these games, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but Matt LaFleur, since becoming the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Six, December sixteen and zero straight up in the month of December ten and six ATS. So this was the trend I was trying to think about when it, you just hear it make the rounds, and once you hear it, you want to say it, yeah, right. And so to me, it 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 leads to the Packers being overvalued, I think, because that's such a compelling trend. Yeah. But what is it ATS ten and six? Oh, that's pretty good. But if you really think about it, if you win all those it's games, not, it's not good given your sixteen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'll right. tell you what. I'm your one? I'm making the Giants my one. Now that was that was good. That was the way he should have done it. He listened. Then he listened more. Then more. Then he finally decided. All right. Tommy Cutlets. I got to tell you. Finally, we got you to pick because I wanted you to pick earlier. That's a sign. You know, I'm hungry. And I wish I could eat here. But if I ate here. You'd be breaking your vows. Yes. So I'm. Gonna, how many games you got left, you guys? There's a handful. I'm gonna let you take it from here, but okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick around. We'll do the same game parlay after. Okay. I'll be there. So if you want more RJ, you can stop here, but you know, you'll miss Fez taking us out. So, but same game parlay. How'd you guys do last week without me? I'm guessing not a win. All right, I'm gonna save the day. All right, I'll be there. Go ahead, guys. All right, let's take a look at a NFC West matchup here between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco laying 10 and a half points. Nobody has a weighted play on this. I was close. What what side are you looking at? I was close to laying the wood with the 49ers. And it goes back to everything that I've said over the past few weeks when I've laid points with the 49ers. 
is that when healthy, this team is the best team in football. And they're not just beating teams. They're abusing teams. They're 16-4 and four against the spread in their last 20 home games. And 15 of those games saw them win by at least 13 points, including four of five this season. And seven of their nine wins have come by 18 or more points. They're blowing teams out. When Debo and McCaffrey are both playing, the 49ers are 17-2 and two straight up, 14-5 and five ATS. And they're both healthy and playing again. Fez, what do you see? So I make the game 11 by power ratings. I've got nothing on this. Uh, let's go back. The teams played two weeks ago, and the line was seven in Seattle. So and Seattle got their butts kicked. So clearly that number was too low. We need to adjust. Let's bring it up to nine, if you will. If they um, so if you it. upgrade, or you upgrade San Francisco off the win, upgrade San Fran a point, downgrade Seattle a point. Okay, it feels about right. So now we would get to nine if they replay it in Seattle, but we have to adjust for the home field being San Fran, which would be one and a half times two. One and a half for the home field, so we get to 12. Whenever you go above 10, you should scale back a little, and you get to around 11 and a half. What's interesting about this game, so there was a um, there's an influencer out there that gives out plays, and he gave out Seattle plus 12 and a half, and the line moved down to 10 and a half, and even went to 10. And then as soon as 10, people were like, gimme, 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 you know, this juggernaut 49ers, and bounced back up to 10 and a half, and I'll use an example. So here's a game I'm saying I have absolutely no opinion the line's right, but in my own pocket— I guess this is a $40 fine. I have plus 12 and a half and I have minus 10, lay 105, just betting it at the right times in both directions. I was, my, my thought was kind of what yours are, like the seven and a half a couple weeks ago. And it, like if you just flip the home field, you can get to 10 and a half, but that's saying you didn't upgrade at all, uh, really, for the 49ers. So, um, I, and also you're, not also, you're not accounting for what's going on with the Seahawks defensively. The list of DNPs at Seahawk practice today, both running backs missed practice. That, that, that's not a good sign. You were already without Kenneth Walker, and now Charbonnet's banged up. Four starters on defense didn't practice. Jordan Brooks, Leonard Williams, Trey Brown, Jamal Adams all missed practice. I, I just feel like that, like either San Francisco's not been upgraded enough since a couple weeks ago or Seattle's not been downgraded enough and the more you look at this Seattle team, and Fez, I know you and RJ loved Seattle preseason. Like outside of the week two win against Detroit, the Lions have beat Carolina, the Giants, the Cardinals, the PJ Walker Browns, and the Commanders. I I just don't I don't know if the Seahawks are even an average team. I don't know if they're good. Well, they almost beat Dallas. Um, they're certainly not good, but they're certainly not bad. Well, that's the hesitation that I had. The reason why the 49ers did not make my list, and they were borderline. Like I, I want to play the 49ers, but I think you have to upgrade Seattle a bit off of the performance against the Cowboys. Oh sure. And let's face it: should any NFL team, even be a juggernaut at home, be laying double digits against an average team in the NFL? But it's not just an average team; it's a divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. And how comfortable am I laying double digits against a divisional opponent with blowout, recent blowout revenge on top of it, which I would say favors Seattle? Um, so, gun to my head, I take twelve and a half or lay ten. I got nothing. I, I, we also just saw the Seahawks give up forty-one points. So, yeah. like, I don't, how much do we upgrade a team that just gave up forty-one points? Uh, they could have won the game. Sure, they could have won the game. I, I, I don't. Why know. didn't it make your list? Uh, 
I, I just don't. I, the number just feels too big. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, McKenzie's got a five weight on this. McKenzie, you're you're uh, you're making one play a week. This is your play. What do you like about San Francisco here? I'm making as many plays as I think are. Uh... Sharp. You know, Fair that, enough. That was, that was the arrangement. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not overthinking this anymore. Kyle Shanahan's won 12 out of 13 games in the month of December or later. The one game he didn't have a quarterback, he, he lost. Uh, in December or later, in general, in his career, 70%. Against the Seahawks the last four times, it hasn't been close. 18 points was very generous to what the Seahawks put out on Thursday Night Football on Thanksgiving. This is going to be easy. Done. Yeah, I mean, it, he, McKenzie makes a good point that mm-hmm. – this is the NFC West circle of life, and uh, 49er eats Seahawk in the circle of life <laughs> yeah. is the uh, the way it, the way it usually works. So um, yeah, I, I I certainly lean that way. Uh, so it, I mean, and McKenzie obviously knows his team better than I do. Let me throw out one stat, one additional stat. If you look at uh, our line of scrimmage non-turnover EPA, uh, the Dolphins are the best in the league. The 49ers are third. But if you look at each game. If you take the top 25 games or any team, like the Dolphins were plus 45 when they won by 70, 49ers have eight of those games, and they have none in the top 10. But they have, like, the entire middle 10 to 20s, 49er game, 49er game, 49er game, including the Eagles last week. This is a very consistent, dominant team, uh, historically so. Mac, we uh, we should bet that your Niners are a little less than 4-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to like this more and more as we look at it. So I, it, it certainly lay it or, or pass for me. All right, let's look at Carolina plus four and a half at New Orleans. None of us have a play on this. Uh, anybody have a, a strong lean here? Anybody feeling anything on this one? Yeah, my strong lean is Carolina. This was another almost play for me, and it's because the Saints are 0-7 ATS in their last seven home games. Since 2021, 5-15 ATS. It's the worst home record in the NFL since the start of the 2021 season. But the Panthers are 0-6 and 2-4 ATS on the road this season, and they've failed to cover the spread on the road by almost 5 points per game, losing the games by 11 points per game. So I just don't trust the Panthers enough to back them here, but I absolutely do not trust the Saints at home. Yeah, I, I lean the same way, and it's m- way more about New Orleans than it is Carolina. I don't like, I, I mean, I'm not like one of these people who thinks Carolina is suddenly onto something. I, I still think they absolutely stink, but the Saints are just so beat up. Like, first of all, we don't know who's going to play quarterback for them. Uh, we do know that Derek Carr and Jameis Winston both have dreadful ATS numbers as favorites. Uh, and we know that Dennis Allen, 5-16 and 16 ATS as a favorite, including 1-9 and nine this season. Can you believe the Saints have been favored 10 times this season? And have <laughs> well, they covered, did have the easiest schedule in the league. And they've covered one. I mean, I believe it because before the season started, I picked New Orleans to win the division, and I picked New Orleans to go over their win total because they had the easiest schedule in the league. And, it, and the cover margin for Dennis Allen as a favorite, it's almost minus five points per game. So it's not like they're barely – like it's not close. Uh, I'll give you another Dennis Allen, anti-Dennis Allen stat. Against divisional opponents in his career, he's 5-14-2 ATS. With the Saints, 1-7-1 and one against the spread in the division. Yeah, and, and then – Obviously, Marshawn Lattimore on the IR. That's huge. Michael Thomas on the IR. We knew that already. Rashid Shahid now has a leg injury. They're now So now their number two receiver is, is banged up. Uh, Malcolm Roach, Cam Jordan, 
Isaiah Foskey, basically their entire defensive line, all DNPs at practice today. And Roach specifically is important because we saw with the Panthers, is what they're doing now offensively is they're leaning on that run. You can already kind of run on the Saints. And now without, without Roach in the middle, I think you're going to be able to have a lot of success. They finally decided to give the ball to Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so I, I think the Panthers can, can hang in this game. What do you see, Fez? Who's better, guys, New Orleans or Tampa Bay right now? Uh, I, I think they're about the same. Yeah, they're very close. Maybe Tampa slightly. So given they're equal, let's give, give uh, New Orleans the benefit of the doubt. Well, We were cutting in line to bet Carolina plus five last week, right? Um, so if New Orleans with either a totally banged up car or uh, with Winston, if they're equivalent to Tampa, that means we should cut in line and bet Carolina plus five in this game. So I'll lean to Carolina. A comp here that put me on Carolina last week. Why the heck am I not on Carolina this week? Well, two reasons. One being Carolina, clearly the worst team in the NFL, they and the Giants, and they only have one win. And they had a legitimate chance to win last week. Hey, they're only a a three-and-a-quarter point underdog. They hung in there for quite a bit of the game. And I've seen this movie before when a really bad team has a chance to win and then they come up short. Oftentimes, the next week, it becomes a no-show. They use up all their energy trying to get a win. Second reason is that the market on this game right now is five-and-a-half. And at the Westgate, the contest line's five. And I just don't take bad numbers in contest lines. Now, you could say five's a pretty dead number. Well, just last week, it was 21-16, and Carolina went for two, so um, I know that shouldn't matter. But uh, these twos and these fives have become more important with the uh, the changes in the NFL in just the last few years. Let's go to Monday Night Football. No one has a weight on this one. The biggest spread on the board, the Tennessee Titans catching 13-and-a-half at the Miami Dolphins. Fez, what do you see here, bud? So just a lean to Tennessee here. I don't want to play it because Miami has been the bully of all bullies in the NFL. We talk about there's one team that should have two power ratings. It's the Miami Dolphins who beat up on bad teams more than any team in the league. I don't know if we trust them against good teams. But part of the reason Miami's been so good at home in recent years is the way the stadium got reconfigured. So during day games, Miami... They're in the shade. Their opponents are in the sun. And from what I've been reading, that can make, on a heat index basis, a difference of um, upwards of 20-plus degrees. Well, obviously, this is a night game, so that advantage is negated. Also, the high uh, is only going to be in the mid-70s in Miami, so there won't be any heat advantage for them in this game. So the normal home field advantage for Miami, I think, gets negated here, which actually, I make the game 12 and a half, which would normally have me leaning to Tennessee, not enough to play, but like I said, I don't want to step in front of the Miami freight train against bad teams. That's my hesitation as well, because I do lean towards Tennessee. Mike Vrabel as a dog of six or more points is 10-5 and five ATS. And the weather could come into play here. You mentioned the temperature being cool. There's a chance of rain uh, the, uh, for this game with 10 to 14-mile-per-hour winds possibly. But I don't like betting against the Dolphins when they are – Big favorites, especially at home. Tua does not lose when he's a big favorite. When he's a favorite of more than four points, he he doesn't get um, upset. He doesn't lose the game and then get upset. Uh, So we talked about it last week, not wanting to um, fade you know, against Tua with the big number, he's twelve and zero straight up, nine and three ATS as a favorite, more than four points. Yeah, that was last week. I knew because I I had. Um, uh, Washington plus nine and a half 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me about 10 minutes to realize there's no chance. This has no chance of working. And I don't know that the Titans offensively can keep up with Miami. It, it, like, once they're chasing, that means they have to lean on Will Levis. When you get behind, you, you can't just run the ball. And we saw the Titans' offense had been terrible for weeks and weeks. Then finally last week, they have some offensive success. Why? Because they were able to run for like 170 yards. I don't think they can do that in this game. Um, I, I'm just I'm just not getting sucked into fading Miami again. Uh, it's just the, the, Fez is right. They're the ultimate bully. And Tennessee 30th in DVOA against the pass. And Miami's got to be motivated here. They're currently in the catbird seat for the one seed. And Tennessee, on the other hand, knows they're absolutely dead. Mm. So, I mean, it's, it's it's favorite or nothing for me. The number's too big for me to want to play it here. Um, but I, I'm not even – I didn't even consider Tennessee, to be honest. Just expanding more on that Tua as a favorite number. If you make it a double-digit favorite, six times in his career he's been a double-digit favorite, 6-0 and straight up, 4-2 and ATS. All right, the Tampa Bay Bucks plus one at the Falcons. And I've got a one weight on this. Uh I think I'm the only one who has a weighted play on this game. And I'm nervous about Atlanta for the – or excuse me, about Tampa for the same reason I was nervous about them last week. They're, they're really beat up defensively, and it's getting worse, actually. Vita Vea didn't practice today. He's probably the most important player to them for stopping the run. Uh, Devin White didn't practice. Jamel Dean isn't practicing. Like, And the Falcons, they're certainly not a team that I'm excited to back, but – this line, Fez, correct me if I'm wrong, this says Tampa's the better team here, right? I'd say they're comparable because they're within division, so one the, for home field and Atlanta's minus one. So here's my question. Tampa was minus two and a half at home when these teams played at first, back in week seven. Atlanta won that game by three. They were better statistically. They ran for 156 yards on this team that people say no one can no one can run on. How do we go forward six weeks and with knowing what Tampa's done over the last six weeks, now we're saying Tampa is somehow better? At least certainly they're, they're the one that's more upgraded since that first matchup, right? Because it wouldn't be two and a half for Tampa at home and then be Atlanta minus one at home if, if it, Tampa hadn't been upgraded. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting because the I, can't, I have to go back to last week when there was so much support for Carolina, kind of shocking that there was a period of time you could play Tampa minus three at home against Carolina. That's saying you know those two teams belonged you know in a comparable universe, which is crazy because Carolina's only got one win, right? But so do you think that was because of Baker was dealing with an ankle injury? Yeah, I, that's a great point. So I think there was the uncertainty of Mayfield, and he was hobbling around the week before. So and maybe we've um, and it's probably a good segue also to talk about maybe we're, we're no longer so concerned about Baker's health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm going to be on maybe on a little Why bit. Why aren't we? On, on an island. Because you know, the offense, you know, played fairly well last week. They put up 21 points. And when it really mattered, we were talking about this in pre-production, and RJ brought up the great point. Boy, if ever there's a time when you need a score desperately and Tampa's up 14-10 to 10, right down the field to get the touchdown, you know, to basically put the game away. So, um, and – you know, people are like, yeah, Baker, he's kind of meeting expectations. You know, I'm going to make the case um, Tampa and Baker have greatly exceeded expectations. Their season win number was six and a half shaded to the under, and they're already basically there. So um, in a division that we thought that it was going to be Atlanta and New Orleans, that one of those teams was going to win the division, here's Tampa. I know they're a game behind, 
But you nailed it, AJ. The market is saying Tampa is now not just the same as Atlanta, but maybe just slightly better. So Tampa's gotten a big upgrade. I don't like the fact, even though they won the stats, I don't like these division situations where we got two comparable teams and one team wins and the other team's crib. And then you fl- you, you, you go ahead and f- you, you, you flip it around. And I, I, I think a lot of times these series wind up being 1-1. It just feels like a weird time to be saying anything good about Baker Mayfield. Like Baker Mayfield's last two games have been two of his worst games this season. His QBR last week against the Panthers was 25. The week before against Indy was 31. He 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 completed 48 percent of his passes last week. Like he to me he did not look right Are at you all. To say good things about Desmond Ritter. He had a 38 QBR last week against the Jets and a 34 against New Orleans. Right. Atlanta doesn't lean on on Desmond Ritter the way that 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 Tampa leans on Baker Mayfield. Well, t- like, well, well Tampa had 5.6 yards per play and 322 yards. So was a lot of that just. just that, I mean, that was a bit, that was Mike Evans catching a short ball and. And running by running by everyone, that wasn't anything Baker Mayfield did. That's a Hall of Fame receiver, my friend. I, I agree, uh, but I, I'm I'm not suddenly like saying Baker Mayfield's healthy because he threw the ball eight yards and and got a big run after the catch after it. That so why do, why does Purdy get credit for that, but Baker doesn't? But that's that's a made like, whoever made, made up that yeah, narrative that, that, that's is a, wrong. Like Brock know, Purdy's Purdy has the second most air yards per attempt in the NFL this year, so it's not dink and dunks. It, it was well, both, yeah. Uh, well, but no, but his average air his yards. Average air yards is second in the NFL. Uh-huh. Second among quarterbacks. His average air yards was also more than the, the last three MVPs. Yes. So, like, th- this idea that Brock Purdy is is throwing the ball five yards and, and everybody's doing something is just wrong. people just go based on what they just recently saw. Yeah, I they know. just recently saw Debo take a screen pass and go 80 yards to the house, just like you're saying about, you know, don't, Mike Evans. Don't you, a short how, pass how, how much more comfortable are you with Baker Mayfield at quarterback than Desmond Ritter? Very slightly, very slightly. At home, because Ritter's at home, right? Yeah. If if Ritter was on the road, it would be a different story, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Can I interest you in Buck's first half? Because Atlanta one in five ATS first half at home this year. Desmond Ritter three nine and two straight up three and eleven against the first half spread in his career. I guess Falcons are failing to cover the first half spread by four and a half points per game. It with de- Desmond Ritter at quarterback. It depends on the price. I want the plus a half. What am I plus like a half? Minus 125? 122. All right, yeah, you can. I mean, it's going it, to it, I mean, it wouldn't surprise anyone to see 10 10 at halftime, would it now? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, that's what the that's what the first game was, 10 10 at halftime. Really? And, uh, yeah. But also, let's like remember that. the first game this the Falcons would have blown the Bucks out had had Desmond Ritter not fumbled three times in the red zone. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't fumble three times in the red zone again. And if he does, I, I probably lose this bet. I oh, know. I bet you odds he are, will. Odds are against you. <laughs> I, I, I bet you dinner he does. Okay. But no, I, I just feel like, for whatever reason, the idea that the Bucks are now a better team than the Falcons, I, I don't understand how that's come to pass. Because the, 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 the Bucks haven't done anything since they played the first time to make you go, ah, I'm optimistic here. I, I just don't see it. You know, I was walking by. I have to jump in. All right. It's just simple. Ritter became, uh, after he got benched and after the the fumbles, he just, everyone soured on him. And if you actually look at the Falcons as a team, they got downgraded. Uh, it was like the, a spell was broken. Somehow Ritter was a new guy that was going to make things happen. He fumbled. They benched him. 
They brought him back, and now Atlanta seems to be downgraded by what, like three points a game? I mean, three points from where they were. Well, they didn't want to bring him back, right? But they had to because the other guy, Rippett, got hurt then? No, no, Heineke. Heineke. I always mix those two up. But Heineke didn't get hurt. He just played and didn't play well. I thought he got banged up. I mean, I could be wrong. Every quarterback's banged up every game, but there's no chance. I mean, am I I misremembering that? Yeah, no, you're not misremembering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because remember, Mm -hmm. he came in after and said, oh, yeah, Heineke's our starter. And then a couple days later, they said, you know, actually, you know, if I recall, Call. I don't know if Heineke started one or two. I think he started one. one. Just one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, obviously we've got um, the Jets bringing back someone that wasn't even their second. Wilson, not even their second stringer. Now he's back to the first string. I mean, it seems like there's politics in these quarterbacks that we don't understand. If you're not in the locker room, if you're not in the building, I think that the politics behind the quarterback stuff. I mean, like with the Jets. I mean, obviously you got Sala saying what he's saying. Right, weeks ago, uh, it's it's above my pay grade. Or I'll take the fifth, and then Wilson goes to third, and now Wilson's starting because. And, and then there was two quotes. One was uns- unsubstantiated. Apparently, Wilson was saying, oh, "I don't. I, I'm concerned about injury. I don't want to play." And then Salas squelched that and said, "No, I've met with the young man, and he's he he feels firmly he should be our number one choice." Yeah, there's, the, and there's a lot of leaks going on with that team, and, and Tim Boyle is got released. Maybe he was the leak. <laughs> or maybe he sucked. <laughs> I mean, is that so that's Aaron Rodgers' buddy got released? Yeah. Is that a sign that Rodgers isn't coming back and with they, the Achilles? They signed Brett Rippon. So he's not coming back with the Achilles then? I this season. Imagine. He's not playing this season, no. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> it, so, I mean, are, are you guys like Carolina? Do you lean to Carolina if you were, if you were playing this one? Or, excuse me, Tampa? This is, this is all – I do this all the time. It's all about what the odds makers want to give me. I'm like reading the coverage. Whoever you make a one and a half point favorite, tease. I'm teasing the other guy up to seven and a half. Thank you very much because it just has 16, 13 written all over it, right? You know, they, you you get a close competitive game. But a game. big chunk of that is driven by the low total, right? Yes. But you, if the total was 44, would you that, be auto teasing it? Probably. It, really? You know, it's, it, I've been talking to some people about this, and they they bring up the point that the higher the total is. The more variable the results are. I agree with that. But also, the more likely if my team gets down 10 or down 12, that they can get me in the back door because they're more competent on offense yeah, at the end. But all you got to do is look at the standard DVA. So so you're right. There's different ways to rationalize. Well, I don't want to say you're right because that sounds like I got the, I got yeah. the answer. I, I don't like when other people do that. I, I can see your point, but it strikes me, however the, the final score happens, if you say, what is the total and how often is the team within six points – um, or oh, you don't even have to say that. What's the standard deviation of this sample? It's going to tell you which game is more variant. Sure, sure. Right? I, I want to play a 30 total more than a 44 total. That's yeah. just common sense. And that's why even on the collegiate side, when I see an Army-Navy at 27 and a half, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I can't be anti-teaser uh, given that total. What I would say is, and, and that's interesting about the, the backdoor potential of the teaser in a way, is what you're saying? Yes. Is I think if the underdog, right, is, because let's think about this. What's the most common score with eight minutes left if a team is a two-point underdog? Right? The theory is the team's either down by down four, three, or, down or, four or down, six, or, yeah, somewhere, but also eight, nine, and ten are viable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the question is, they're either driving for the win 
or they're driving for the cover of cover. the teaser, yeah. right? And either way, you want a team that can pass. So it seems like I'd rather not just the not the total be higher so much as a competent passing team on the underdog, which comes with a higher total. Yeah, but it comes other ways too, right? No, I think that's exactly right. If you have bucks, you're happy that you take the bucks plus the seven plus the eight or the seven. You'd rather them be yeah, because you'd rather them be down knowing that you got Baker throwing to Mike Evans per, for a potential backdoor touchdown. And AJ would say how it was a, oh, a good, exactly. That, then you're trusting Desmond Ritter to get. That's you that a, I think score. that's an excellent point that that would be my preferred teaser side. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, the better offense. Yeah. All right, I'm happy I can help. We've made some vows here. Apparently, we got to repeat our picks. So AJ, we'll go around the horn here. Uh, I've got Cleveland as my five weight. I've got Chicago plus three and a half as a four weight. My three weight Rams plus seven, two weight Dallas team total over 27 and a half. My one weight, the Atlanta Falcons minus one. I have a five weight Denver Broncos plus three, four weight Chicago Bears plus the three and a half, three weight my Las Vegas Raiders hometown team plus three, two weight no one will score Jacksonville Cleveland. Under 31 points and one weight, Philadelphia Eagles plus three and a half. My five weight is the Baltimore Ravens. My four, the Philadelphia Eagles. My three, the Cincinnati Bengals. My two is the under 40 and a half in the Minnesota Vegas game. And my one weight, the New York football Giants. All right. So hold on a second. I got, so, uh, no, 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 no. If, since I'm coming back, I was already like eating. I got to put a little... Po- wait, I'm having popcorn. What's that? Oh, man. I don't think they can hear that. This, they can hear it. I don't think so. That lasted an hour. No, I'm going to keep to it. It's just okay. an exception. Does that, do I talk any differently with popcorn? Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Right. Five-way. I'm R.J. Bell. Five-way. Cleveland. F- somehow Fez wasn't on that. Four-way. Philadelphia. Three-way. The Chicago Bears. The bear. No, I won't do that. Two weight over the total. Indy Cincinnati. That's the game total. And the Raiders, who Fez convinced me of. I listened to him. Raiders, one weight. Take us out, Fez. Hey. Hey. Be careful out there. See you next week.